Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with Real Deal Talk. I'll tell you what, we have an absolute legend in the studio mm. today. In mm. fact, I don't even know if this studio is ready <laughs> for what's about to go down mm. right now. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, Todd Durkin in the house, a.k.a. T.D., Man. has his own imp- his own podcast called The Impact Show. Mm. He's famous for the slogan, get your mind right. Let's go. Get your mind right. <laughs> did, I, did I do that? I JD, do that? that's good, man. That's good. It's get your mind right. Get your mind right. Get your mind right. Get your mind right. Hey, thank you. Thank you for the introduction. Man. Yeah. It's but awesome. I mean, and I just scratched the surface. This guy is so well-known, so beloved. Uh, his Gym Fitness Quest 10 in Scripps Ranch is... I mean, if it like where the majority of the professional football players, baseball players, um, UFC fighters, they're at your gym. And there's a reason for that, because he just has a, a, a culture over there that just thrives mm. on positivity and um, getting your mind right, mm. um, making it happen, not making excuses. Um, being better, uh, being the, the optimal version of yourself, everything. I, I mean, I swear every time I go in there, man. I am fired up. I'm already fired up. <laughs> Let's go. But when I get into Fitness Quest 10, the mm. energy in there, the music, the 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 the, the staff, your partner the Jeff Bristol, yep. 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 the 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 clientele, it is just you mm. can't help but be motivated in that gym, man. Well, it's the sanctuary. There's no doubt about yeah. it. It's always the people. It doesn't matter the business, right? Totally. What you do, it's the people. And um, for 23 years now, we've been surrounded by some awesome people. Yeah. Both staff and clients. We yep. attract a lot of great people or people who want to get to the next level. And um, man, when I got into the business, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> right? Sounds but, about uh, right. The heart and soul was there. And I've learned a lot in my career. And uh, even now, I feel like I'm just getting started. Yep. And there's a lot of good things about to happen in 2024 and beyond. But uh, I'm really, really uh, honored to be here, JD, when I talk about Fitness Quest 10. And, and um, as my vision has expanded over the years, obviously, uh, I know the heart and soul is just making bodies, minds, and souls sing. Yep. And that's what it's all about. Love that. For me, I don't care where I am, what city I'm in, what state or country I'm in. It's, man, how can I tap into someone's soul and change a life? I and love that. And that's what drives me. And this is why you were like when I when I first started the podcast a little over a year ago, hmm. I started with a master list. You were at the top of that master list hmm. of being uh, a guest that I wanted to come on the wow. show wow. literally from day one, Todd. Huh. So the fact that you're here is surreal to me because you. you are just an incredible. I mean, I know how busy you are. You've got a million things going on. And what and, the, and that's the reason you're at the top of my list Thank is because you. of what you just shared, because I know you have a genuine passion and love hmm for helping people tap into mm. something, tap into their soul, like you just said. Yeah, so, man, so. I, I love that, man. This is, thank you. and, and look, at, we're, we, you and I could already go off on a tangent because <laughs> what, you, what you just said about not knowing what you were doing and just it, it, join the club. Mm. Like if there's, if there's an entrepreneur out there that actually knows what they're yeah. doing when they start, then <laughs> th- that's more rare. Figure it out, right? Figure, Figure it out. out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, jump out of the plane and, and design the parachute on the way and down. And a lot of entrepreneurs, as your vision expands, yeah. You're, you're, you're always thinking about, hey, how can we get bigger or better? Yeah. And it's like, well, I don't know how I'm going to do that, but the why just keeps growing and expanding and amplifying. And, and even right now, as I sit here before you, JD, it's like, you're like, oh, the legend. Da, da, da. I feel literally like there's so much untapped potential that I've got to step into. And hey, maybe it's just, uh, it's just that curiosity of, 
how many lives can we change? How, yeah. how can yeah. we tap in and help people? Because honestly, right now, if there's ever a time that the world needs just more mindset and heart set and soul yeah. set yeah. and physicality, it's now. Right now. And um, that's what excites me about even this upcoming year in 2024 and all that we're stepping into. It's, you know, yeah, a lot of past great things have happened obviously a lot of tough things as well we'll get into today yep. but um i'm really excited about the future and, and what that holds and and you know you what you just said man i i can't identify with this more and i'm hoping a lot of the listeners and watchers and people that are right now in the i call it the fight right they're they're in the fight yep and they want to make a difference they want to make an impact todd i you and i are the same we're i'm 52 you're 52, 52 right yeah. exact same age 52 guys and we are in the same mindset of I literally feel like I'm just getting started mm -hmm. like I finally feel like okay I'm finally settling in to my my groove here yep. of where I'm actually making I'm moving a little bit of the needle here mm. but mm. but we're just getting started truth right Tr I'm literally on the same page it's just getting started like the more yeah. we the more I learn the more the more I know the more I realize mm. I don't know so true uh, yeah and People come into your life at just the right time. They appear, whether it's a podcast right. or whether it's someone says, hey, I need you to meet someone. And that person is someone who can be the bridge to, oh, my gosh, yeah. I've been praying for this or yes. searching for this. And next thing you know, how did this happen? Right. And that's happening for me right now as we speak. It, and for me, as and I got goosebumps all over the place, bro. Yeah. Same thing for me. Mm. People all of a sudden magically, right? Yep. God's plan are coming into my life at this exact moment that so God good. sent to me from the heavens above at that I need. That's it. That's it. Whatever, whether it's support, That's moral support, belief. That's it. Right? Because we need belief. Preach. Preach. <laughs> we need people around us that believe in Not us. Not a lot. Just a couple. Just a couple. <laughs> yep. That's And ladies and gentlemen, listen, you only need, you only need one or two. That's it. If you got one or two that believe in you that's it and that are gonna and gonna and gonna pour into you mm. Mm. when you need it most when you're down because there isn't a there isn't a week that goes by todd that there that we don't sit mm. there and go man i don't i don't know if i got it in me to keep going here amen amen hey. but then you've got right <laughs> <laughs> amen right mm. and but you got that person or two in your life that says dude you you you, you got this keep going you got this i'm here I got you. You got this. Keep moving forward. Like Rocky says in Rocky, what, five or six? Yeah. Keep no matter how, it's not how hard you get knocked down. It's how hard you can get knocked That's down or, or, and how fast you can get back up, right? Something like keep that. Going. Keep and going. Keep moving forward. That's it. Right? All right. Look, we're already going on a tangent here. <laughs> you want to talk it. Rocky? I can talk Come on. Hour. That's my guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, bro. Come on. Have you watched uh, Sly on uh, Netflix? I have not Come on. yet. I'm saving it for the holidays. I'm saving it for the I, holidays. Have you watched this? Uh, you no? Know? Dude, ah, uh, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. But bro, it's like, well, you know, uh, Sylvester Stallone was the producer for a show that I was on. No two, way. Oh yeah, yeah. It was called Strong, 2016 and 17. I was on shows called Strong with ten trainers. Sly was the producer. No way. Oh yeah, and that's my guy. Growing yeah, up, yeah. Like I watched more Rockies. Well, our age, it's yeah. My, he's the guy. I've watched more Rockies than anyone. <laughs> on this show combined yeah it's it's crazy but when he was the producer of the show i'm like i gotta go on the show and just to just to be around him yeah. and that so it was a crazy crazy time and and uh yeah to, to, to be surrounded by him and and uh and to have a show produced by him it was a special time wow yeah i'll tell you what you are gonna love the the show oh, the, I know. the documentary oh, i know i've I've, he I've heard all about it 
it is like, but it's also like towards the end, it's like this, when you see him taking the statue out of his house mm-hmm. and how he admits how he was so self-absorbed, even though he was, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's fascinating to me that when you reach this pinnacle of everybody's kind of worshiping you, but then you look at the, the reality of behind the scenes yeah. of the people that are doubting you and that are like what you're actually going through, maybe the self-discovery and self-doubt, am I an imposter? There you go. These people are worshiping this person that I'm actually not. They're worshiping an actor. No, a a character. Yes, yes. Right? You know, in 2006, stepping back a few years, I trained a guy named LaDainian Tomlinson in LT1. I think we heard of him. MVP Super Bowl, or the MVP of the league. And um, after that happened, LaDainian said to me before his training started again, he goes, what next? I'm like, what next? What do you mean? Run it back. Let's go. Let's get back in training. I didn't understand it then in 2006. What do you mean by what's next? Like, do it again. Yeah. What I learned for what he was saying is when you have a goal and you achieve the goal, sometimes it's a little lonely at the top and you don't know it until you're there. And then it's like, what's next? Well, that doesn't motivate me anymore. Right. Because the, da- the most dangerous thing to success is success. So if you've ever tasted success and you've tasted it for a year or two or three or five, you're like, there's got to be more. There's yeah. got to be something else. I, there's got to be. I didn't understand that then. A few years ago, I went through a pretty challenging time where I really, really understood yeah. what Ladanian meant at that time. Recently, just last week, as we record this, I dealt with another client, Chris Young. Chris Young Chris is the Young, GM yeah. the, the, of the of the Texas the super Rangers. tall pitcher, six ten. Yeah, and I trained him for ten years, and then obviously now he's the GM of the Texas Rangers. They just won the World Series, and I trained him over the Thanksgiving holiday. He was in town, and we were talking exactly about this. You win the World Series, yeah. and you can't even enjoy it for twenty four hours because you're already thinking about what's, what's next? next. What's next? So it's like we we drive and thrive to get to the top, yeah. and then we get to the top. And you're like, there's got to be more than this. Right. There's got to be something else, and. It's interesting when I reflect back on even going back to Ladanian and then even most recently to Chris Young and some of the things I've been through in a few years, you know, the last few years, it's it's interesting when you reflect on your life and, and what you're about is what is it you're thriving for? Mm. Who is it that's most important? And 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 it's it's been a lot of soul searching even for myself prior to the pandemic of like, hey, what's this all about? And what's yeah. that legacy going to be about? What right. is it these next 25 years I really want to do that's unique? Because for me, it's like, well, do I want to be known just as a business gym owner and someone who made an impact at the gym? That's not enough. Right. After doing it for 23 years, yes. it's like, there's got to be more than just that. Right. And you're like, hey, a legend, an iconic, and like, cool on the outside, but on the inside, I feel like there's more potential that yeah. God gave me that, yes. hey, like... Are you willing to step into that? Mm. Are you willing to take some chances and risk for what you're really designed to do? And that's part of your story, but that's not your whole story. Right. So anyway, I'm getting deep here. Listen, right, listen, right listen, bat, but. listen. This is why you're here, bro. <laughs> Late, l- audience, listen up. This is I, I, I keep getting goosebumps. But so, so we're gonna keep going because we got to for this for a few minutes here. So what is this? What lesson is this? I think one of the biggest lessons, Todd. What you're saying is, it, that's just, this is why it's imperative that you thoroughly enjoy the journey on the way there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So many people are so focused, me included, on that end goal yep, yep, yep. that you actually forget to enjoy the process 
and the journey. Mm. Not saying everybody does that, but the majority of people don't even really thoroughly enjoy because in the most cliche quote ever, the journey is everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, that's certainly one of the lessons because all of us, everyone listening in could do an even better job enjoying the journey, For sure. the process, especially when you're going through a very tough time, a battle. You're like, well, how am I supposed to enjoy this? You know, JD, how am I supposed to do this? TD, what, you know, what, how do I enjoy going through this? Trust me, you've been there, I've been there, yep. oh, and yeah. going through it. It's always upon reflection that you're like, oh, okay, I see, I see what it was all about. And upon reflection, you're like, ah, if I only trusted more, right. that that was going to lead me to my ultimate path and what I'm supposed to be doing on a regular basis. It's, yeah, how do I enjoy the journey? It's making sure that each and every day you take it as a blessing, good or bad, right. that the people in your life are the most important. And then what I always say, I mean, for me, I'm a man of faith, is when you're going through the good times or the bad times, it's it's... Man, what is God trying to teach me and lead me to so that I can ultimately have the most impact? What can I be doing um, to reach even more people and impact more people? And and um, that's something that, man, for a long, long, long time, that's the question I always ask myself is, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing so that someday, hopefully in about 60 years from now, when you know he says, hey, good, good job, well done, faithful servant, um, that I was able to step into that man that I was designed to be, not because the world said, oh, you're a great coach or trainer or business owner. No, 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 no. Maybe that's not all I'm supposed to be. Right. There's other aspects as a husband and a father mm. and an influencer and a mentor that did I really step up and serve as a parent and as a dad and as a man? And did I did I do the things the right way in my, in my entire life? Uh, career to do that so those are the things that I'm always kind of thinking about you know deep down is yeah it's one thing for the world to uh, adore you and say the things about you and esteem you because of that but at the end of the day it's also fleeting yeah it is you're right and and just just to your point there man it's like um it's just like the obstacles that we go through and I preach this a lot at the at the church that if if you've got nothing going wrong you've got nothing going on <laughs> <laughs> so true. So the more ish you are going through is a good sign mm, mm, that mm. you're actually in the fight, taking territory, mm, mm. sticking it to the to the devil. Right? Man. It's a good sign. Man. But like you said, it's like I must have a lot of good signs going on. Yes. <laughs> Bro, to this day, yesterday, yeah. Monday. Right, 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 right. No. You know, I, I had the most incredible weekend for in the store, and then Monday, I'm not going to talk about it, but I got hit with something on Monday. I was like, really? You can't let me have a 48 hours of a <laughs> of a high here? Right. Yeah. I you got to hit me Monday morning. Right? I, oh, yeah. But you got to that one word that you said, you, the most important word in our lives, especially being an entrepreneur and a business owner, that number one word, you mentioned it, faith. Mm. Faith. Mm. That what's God's gift, what God is testing you with, making you with, mm. is because He's got something on the other side of this. If you can steward this, if you can get through this, I got something bigger for you, Amen. and a bigger platform. Because Todd, success is just a platform to bless others. That's it. That's all it is. Yep. Yep. So we owe it to the to to the kingdom to get to the highest platform that we can, not because we want to get there, yay, but it's because then we are able to bless even more people when we're up there. Mm, 
So true. Right. Uh, years ago, one of my clients I've been working with for 20 years, uh, Drew Brees, quarterback. Yes, yeah. Um, we were on a call. I had him on. I have a mastermind group, and he was on a mastermind call with me, and we were talking about faith. And he gave an acronym that I really like. Yep. It's for the secular and non-secular crowd on faith. We all know faith in God, but he had given the acronym faith as fortitude, attitude, integrity, trust, and humility. Ooh. I'm like, let's go there. Let's go deep. Ooh, so man. when Drew said a faith, fortitude, strength, right? Body, mind, soul. And then attitude, showing up with a positive attitude. I think a guy like Drew is like, attitude, you got to make people around you better. Yes. Right? Yeah. Integrity, doing what is right when no one else is watching and looking. Are you doing the right thing, especially when times are tough? Right. It's easy when times are good and people are, are praising you. But what about when you're going through a tough, tough year, two years, five years? And that's all the integrity part. And then the trust, right? Trusting your family, trusting yourself, trusting those around you and trusting that you're, you're, you know, as a, as a person of faith, if you are, is trusting God's plan, Come on. not your plan. And then the humility <laughs> part is when you do have success is wow. how do you have a humility? Be humble, be hungry, be humble, be hungry. We say that Under Armour is like, be humble, be hungry. It's, it's the humility to show up when things are really good and be tremendously humble for the gifts because we know that any day, boom, I was like, whoa. That's good. Man, That's I, really God, good. I have never heard that acronym. Yeah. I'm now, because I coach flag football, little guys, yeah. little eight-year-olds, so our our motto is attitude is everything. Yep. Um, and I've got a couple other things in there, like the top rules, do your best is number one, mm -hmm. enjoy the enjoy the process and That's the journey. Right. I'm bringing this to my team. 100%. I'm bringing I this all the time. to my team right here. I'm going to make them memorize it. 100%. Because that, what he just did, that, that acronym that's the holy grail. That's it. That's, that's it. it. That's it. That's that is literally you, life. Hey, listen. By the way, you could you could be a non-believer, yes. and it's still applicable. Exactly. And if you're a believer, then it only amplifies the actual acronym: faith, fortitude, attitude, I integrity, trust, and humility. This. Yeah. Love it. Well, it's, it's why I'm here. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yes, it is why you're here. For not just in this you podcast. Turn, yeah, I was gonna say, you can turn up pocket now. But not just in this podcast. Yeah, that, all right, that's a wrap. That's Call good. it a day. <laughs> not just in this room, but on this earth mm. from God is why you're here. That's that exact, exactly why. Yeah. But that's true, right? That's but, one of my guys, yep. right? That inner circle. Yep. And that was, JD, that was 2009. I still use that not only yearly, like on a regular basis with the people I talk to. And when you're around people like that and your circle of influence is up and you're hearing acronyms from your inner circle and you pass it on, maybe we bless a million people with, you know what? I got to step up my faith. Oh, faith in God. Yeah, faith in God, but also all of those different yeah, aspects yeah. of, I love acronyms. I mean, I do too. Faith, yeah. impact, all of these acronyms because you can remember acronyms and you right. can think about it. You can spit it out. So every day it's like, okay, what's my faith? What's my faith? What's my faith? What's my impact? Whatever. And um, to me, that's a powerful one. Beyond powerful. Hmm. I'm stealing this immediately. When we're done with this, <laughs> I'm writing it down. You're going to repeat this and I'm bringing it to my team. I'm going to bring it to the church. Yeah. I freaking love it. Good. By the way, Good. you mentioned impact. Is there an acronym? Do you, do you have an acronym for impact? Of course there oh, is. Here, yeah. we, here we go. <laughs> here we go, baby. Uh, <sighs> well, impact. Yes. Um, just to give you a background. Yeah, give me background. It started 2010. My book, The Impact Body Plan, came out. And Impact Body Plan came out uh, right after Drew had won the Super Bowl. I had been turned down by book publishers dozens of times. Finally, Rodale and Men's Health came to me and said, hey, we want to write a book. I'm like, oh, it took Drew to win a Super Bowl for me yeah. to get a book deal. And I got a book deal. And um, 
I walk into the uh, the CEO of Rodale Books. I had just written the Impact Body Plan in ten weeks. I sat down, got butt glue, and I wrote and wrote and wrote and came up with the Impact Body Plan. And um, I walk in the office, in the in his office, all over the his office was not the Impact Body Plan cover. It was a cover that said True Strength. I said True Strength. This isn't my cover. Yeah. He goes, no, it's it's. We're gonna name the book True Strength. I said, what are you talking about? We just, we just, I just wrote the book, the Impact Body Plan. He's like, we're gonna keep the book. We're gonna call it True Strength. I said, no, 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 no. It's it's the Impact Body Plan. It's not True Strength. He said, no, it's True Strength. I left. I left. Walk out, New York downtown. I call my book agent. I said, hey, they just changed the cover of my book. And it's not the impact body plan, so I'm not publishing the book. I'm out. He's like, no, no, you can't do that. I'm like, baloney. It's the impact body plan. Well, the impact body plan came out three months later. Yeah. And one of the principles there did is, they do it? They they did. They gave. They gave. Wow. Because when you believe in something so much, yes. you do it. I didn't have an acronym for impact then, but there was something inside of me that said. Stick to your guns. This is something that you live by. This yes. is, and I didn't have an acronym. I didn't. I didn't know what it stood for. I just knew the word impact was meaningful to me. Yeah. And now one of the keynotes I give, it's all on creating an impactful life and business. Um, impact is all about live inspired. So inspired, yep. live inspired, master your craft, be great at what you do. You got to make sure that you, you every day commit yeah. to the process on right. that. P is play at world class. Get your mind right, get your mind right, get your mind right, get your mind right, play at world class. The A is action, take action. Mm. We all have big goals, we have dreams, we want to create a business, or you want to be a great employee within your company. It's, hey, you got to take action right. for what you say. You got to write things down in your, the GSD planner just came out, the God Size Dreams planner. Like, you got to write things down and then you got to take action on that. C is condition for greatness. Condition for greatness. Condition for greatness is physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. How are we conditioning ourselves daily to make sure that physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually we're on tact? And T is tenacity, energy, fervor, spirit. All of the things that we got to live by when, when, when you show up to the gym, the energy shifts. It changes yeah. because you're, you're in the gym. How about when you walk into your office and how about when you work in a, your family there's a presence about you. That's tenacity. And to me, impact has become a way of life in the last 13 years. That acronym has grown and developed. It's become a lifestyle. It's become a brand. Yeah. It's become what I do. It's about impact. So that's the impact acronym. So when you ask, that's the backstory. Like some guy, a CEO of a major publisher at the time said, no, 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 no. That's, we're not going with impact. When I think impact, I think car crash. I'm like, I don't. I, I, right. I think legacy. Yeah. I think about what someone's life is about, its impact, what you're going to create to do great things in life. And uh, sometimes you got to walk away from a deal. And if it's meant to be, it's going to be. And this one was meant to be. And Impact Body Plan was my first book. Wow. And, and I use that. Now that I'm, I didn't realize it until you're speaking that mm. I use that word more than anything. When people, what do you want? I just want to make an impact. That's it. I just want to make an impact when I'm here. While, while I'm here, I want to make an impact. As much of an impact. As possible. Well, thank you for sharing the brand. Well, now I got an, <laughs> well, well, now I got an acronym. <laughs> there you go. I Live love inspired. this. Live inspired. Master your craft. Play at world class. Take action. Condition for greatness. Be tenacious. There it is. Come on, dude. Let's go. Mm. And by the way, you know this, but Stallone, kind of similar. He brought this script to 
producer after producer after company after company because but and he 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 passed because he wanted to be the actor. Yep. The main actor. Yep. In it. Yep. And nope, no, no, no. You you can't be the main actor. You can't oh, even yeah. right? Yeah. But not only that. And he stuck you with yeah. Not only that, he sold his dog. I remember. He yes. He sold Buckets. Yes, I know. For all I you know. Rocky fans and Sylvester Sloan fans, he, can you imagine selling your dog? I can't. I got a I got a nine year old golden retriever. Yeah. I can't imagine selling my dog because I believe in something so much that I would sell my dog. The reason why Butkus was in Rocky One right. was because he bought his dog back. That's right. He bought it back, and yep. it was a lot more than what he sold it for. Yes. But he was down to nothing, and he ended up. Uh, selling the dog for uh, it was in my wow book my second book yeah all on that about the five hundred dollars it was some nothing crazy. it was like nothing but nothing. he needed to pay the rent yes sold his dog and then when he eventually uh, it was got like the deal. it was like 10 15 grand right or something <laughs> yes it was crazy but at that point he's like i'm buying no problem his back and i'm putting him in the movie wow. like that to me is like oh goosebump moment for me it's like that's the kind of conviction that one needs to really step into their truest and deepest self like when you when you're willing to sell your dog, like okay, it's serious. We're, we we got it going on. So and on that the the word conviction, mm. like how how much conviction do you have to have? M- more than is humanly imagined, conceivable. Yeah, it's it, and that's where faith comes in. Is like you you can't imagine doing that. I can't imagine that until you're there. Yeah, and. You sell your dog or this guy who I'm weeks away from going to publish my first book. I'm excited. And he's like, sorry, here's the cover. And it's all over his office. And I see a different cover with a different name. I'm like, <laughs> peace, I'm out. Like, And I fly home from New York City to San Diego. And I'm like. What did the guy say when you walked out of his office? Nothing. Nothing. Like, it was pretty quick. Like, after that conversation, I was like, peace, it's not happening. And and I'm not gonna say that was a negotiation tactic. It was like I'm not going to print. I'm I'm not I'm not doing this. Yeah, it's it's I'm about impact, and I'm willing to walk from this deal in ten weeks of just going through hell getting this book done. I'm like I'm walking, and and I didn't have an I didn't have an acronym then. I didn't have impact. Didn't mean what it means today. Yeah, it was thirteen years ago, and I just knew something. There was a seed inside that I felt. There was this very deep purpose why I was writing this book called The Impact Body Plan. And what, six weeks later, The Impact Body Plan came out because we negotiated. And I said, okay, you could change this and this and this and the subtitles and everything else, but it's The Impact Body Plan. Yeah. It's not it's not the other name you have. Wow, man, what a story. Yeah. I love that. All right, so listen, now that we've gotten off on a 45-minute <laughs> a great tangent, by the way, <laughs> and I and listen. Normally, I would keep going with this, but I really want people to know a, a bit of your backstory. Mm. I really do. I mm. really, really do, because I want the people that the the countless people that love you, respect you for who they who they see. I wanted to know a little bit more about your backstory of how you got to the impact man. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so let's go back. And and I know that you and I, I think you're we're from the same area, aren't we? Are you from Jersey or New York? I, I am Jersey, <laughs> Jersey Shore, baby. Jersey Shore. Let's go down, down at the shore. Down yeah, the, 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 the fist bump. The fist bump. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So go back. Born and raised in Jersey. Where in Jersey? Brick. Brick. Brick, Brick New Township. Jersey. Yeah, Brick Township, New Jersey. No way. Youngest of eight kids. Eight uh, kids. Eight kids. Five sisters, two brothers. It's two brothers, five sisters, and then I'm I come along. <laughs> so uh, mom and dad get divorced when I'm five. Dad moved away, and um, mm, mm, 
Yeah. Mm. You know, JD, like, I get emotional now thinking about that because at 52 now, yeah. I realize that's, who, that's what made me who I am. Mm. Like, between 5 and 10, I didn't have a dad in my life. And I was a turd. I was a tough <laughs> kid. I was getting in fights, and um, we didn't have any money. We're poor. I'm the lunch ticket kid, handing lunch tickets to you know, lunch ticket lady. And, um, Wow. Looking back, I get it. Looking back, because, you know, my mom, who's still living, she just turned 90, is uh, a saint. She's so much love and so much of who I am. But uh, between 5 and 10 are very formative years for a boy or girl. And I was going down the wrong path until a few people came into my life, unbeknownst to me, a football coach who I eventually played for. I idolized uh, Warren Wolf, the winningest football coach in New Jersey history. Wow. Um, who took me under his wing and 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 eventually became a, a, a player on his, his high school football team and um, just mentors a teacher when I was just in the fourth grade, had a tremendous impact on me. Mrs. Whitaker, mm. still remember her name because wow. she believed in me. Yeah. I'd have a lot of people that believed in yes, me. Yes, yeah. And I just needed someone to believe in me. And Coach Wolf believed me. Mrs. Whitaker believed in me. And it's funny. I still remember her name. Like It's incredible. Like, like, man, I want that kind of impact 30, 40, 50 years later on some kid that I instilled belief in someone, whether they're a kid or they're an adult, um, on that. And I'm not sure why I'm getting emotional about it, but um, I just realized your past is important because it makes you who you are today. And I've never forgot that. Mm. Like, wow. I don't forget where I come from and what makes me who I am. And uh, I'm very, very grateful for those people who I've been, uh, who were put in my life at those ages. And um, even now, I don't, I don't take a single day for granted. So growing up back on the Jersey Shore in Brick, blue collar town, blue collar, yeah. no money, lunch tickets, divorced parents, that made me who I am today. Wow. And it's and we talked at the beginning of this interview. We talked about belief, having people in your life that believe in you. That's it. It's That's so it. important. That's as it. tough a guy as we are, we're pretty tough, yep. pretty confident, yeah. right? Yeah. We need people that believe in us. Hundred percent. I didn't launch this podcast until I was <laughs> during in a Pathfinder program at Awakened Church, hmm. and they surrounded me with a dozen like-minded people for five months in a mastermind in the church mm. marketplace mm. ministry. Mm. It wasn't until that ministry. When I had 11 people that believed in me until I launched this podcast. It's mm. why I launched the podcast because I people yeah, believed belief. in me. Belief. Belief. Yeah, and belief. And when you spell out belief, here we go. Three letters inside of there you got to be careful of L I E. Lie. Yeah. So belief, when you think about belief and how, how it, if you don't have belief, it can rob you of you stepping into the destiny that you're supposed to step into because you might believe the lies. Mm. So when I think about belief, I'm like, don't believe the lies. Right. And be careful, make sure you're around people who are going to instill that conviction inside of you of what you're really, truly, genuinely worth. And when I think about belief, I'm like, don't believe the lies, because there's lies all around oh, you. Oh yeah. And the, and the devil will come in and, and make you believe the lies, and then you won't take action to start your podcast or go into the, the career or business that you're supposed to, to go into because you're believing the lies that are just robbing you of being the best that you can possibly be. Um, so wow. belief, 
It's and a, so Mrs. Whitaker. Mrs. Whitaker, fourth grade teacher. Have you ever gone back to uh <laughs> In high school, in high school, I won a I won a writing uh, competition because they asked to write uh, the, the student, the seniors, to write stories about someone that was meaningful in their life. And I wrote about Mrs. Whitaker, and Mrs. Whitaker, I wrote about her and how she had an impact in my life uh, as a senior in high school at the time and stepping back into fourth grade. And why is because. She asked all the 30 students or so in the class that the, the class, the class guinea pig had to have a home for the summer. And I wanted to get the, 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 the crystal. I still remember the guinea pig's name. Crystal was the guinea pig. And I, I won the, the competition to bring crystal home. I still remember what that <laughs> meant that I quote, won the competition to have the responsibility to bring crystal, the darn class guinea pig in the fourth grade home. Cause now I felt this like, Hey, I earned the responsibility to take care of the class guinea pig. It sounds so stupid. But it's hilarious. Me, it, but when you think about it, I'm like, dude, I, I actually won the opportunity to take care of the class guinea pig. I took it serious. Yeah. And it was she kind of made it a big deal that the, the the quote winner is this. I wrote about it my senior year and and, and earned a scholarship um, through the high school off to college because I I wrote about Mrs. Whitaker and. I, I did. So I went back to her in high school and said, hey, I want to thank you. And I've stayed in somewhat contact yeah. with her periodically. She actually listens to my podcast no periodically. Way. Yeah. And um, I haven't seen her in probably 30 years, maybe more. Wow. But uh, I, I'll never forget one person, one teacher believes in you. Yeah. Hmm. What can that be? Yeah. One parent. One parent. One, 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 one coach. One coach. A coach, a coach wolf. <laughs> I won't get started with that. That'll be a separate episode. Like, like the, the what the impact that he's had on me. Um, one person, the power of one, one person, the power of one. And and listen, ladies and gentlemen, because you could be that person, hundred percent, for someone else. And don't believe the lie that you're not because yes. like, oh, no, I'm going through hell right now and it's hard as heck. No doubt. Keep going. Just keep going and keep going and keep going. And people, when, Pastor Jeremiah just said this the other day, when things are good, people listen. When things are bad, they watch. They watch. When things are good, people listen. When things are bad, people watch. So if things are good, they'll listen to you. But when people are, when th things aren't good and they're bad, they're watching you. Yeah. How are you going to react? What are you going to do when things are bad? I'm like, oh, that's good. Yeah. That is so good. And I'm like, oof. And I talk a lot about haters. Like, we need haters in our life because those are the ones that are going to be, seriously, <laughs> right. they're going to be watching you the most. Oh, yeah. Because they're waiting for you to yeah. fail. And they're not saying anything until you fail. No, they're, <laughs> they're waiting. They're like, oh, come on, let's fail, fail, fail. They're waiting. 100%. So give them a show. Yeah. I say, give them a show. They'll never forget. Yeah. Right? So fast forward. Um, All right, so hold on. Go back. Yep. You said divorced at five. Dad, did, did, did he just... He moved to Colorado. I was in New Jersey. He okay. moved to Colorado for five years. And at age Keep in touch? Did you see him? A uh, couple times. I mean, we would talk on the phone, right? Yeah. There weren't cell phones and texts That's and all true. that stuff back then. So it'd be a, uh, certainly a phone call at least once a week. Uh, but he wasn't in my life. Right. Um, and at age 10, he decided to come back into our life, my life specifically, because at that point, the, my older brothers were moving out of the house, and I'm yeah. kind of growing up. And um, my sister and I uh, were just at that pivotal age of 10. He moved back to New Jersey. And let me tell you what, how life changes between 10 and 20, he became the most essential 
figure in my life. Wow. So all of a sudden, I don't have a dad, and all of a sudden he steps back in because he realized that whatever happened, um, it, it wasn't, you know, he needed to take care of his family, and I was the beneficiary of that, meaning this. I think he felt guilt that he wasn't a great dad for my older brothers and sisters. He moves away, comes back in, and now I'm the now I'm become the the the, the beneficiary of his time. Mm. So he says, "Hey Todd, what do you think about not just playing soccer, which I had been doing very well in soccer and a very competitive team and been MVP of the East Coast tournaments at age ten, and I'm like really doing well in soccer." He says, "Hey." Try basketball, baseball, and football for one year and see what you think. I'm like, Dad, but then I can't play soccer, and, and yeah. I want to make my dad proud like every <laughs> right. boy. Yeah. I do it. And football, basketball, and then baseball. And at age 10, when I first started playing football, I found tremendous success early on in the sixth grade playing football. Mm. And I still remember game one. He's like, all right, listen, for every touchdown you throw, you get a pizza. And for every – Touchdown! You run, you get a soda. <laughs> like, no way. Okay, so I, I think I ran. I think I threw three touchdowns and ran for one. That that day, I'm like uh, in my head, I'm counting during the game. I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna be. I got three pizzas coming. I got two, you know soda coming. So I was so fired up. But that was the start of a football career that um, I never gave up football. And I ended up playing in college and you know starting for four years in high school and playing in college and playing professionally overseas and and that. But wow. it, it was my dad. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. But it was my dad's and, and basketball started four years as a varsity player in basketball and three in baseball. So, you know, I, I, I stepped into these sports that he had encouraged me to to do and I found success at it. End up giving up soccer because it just can't do everything. And um, I think the reason why was I found success in that. And that was giving me a lot of affirmation as a, a young boy and man like, hey, I'm pretty good at this. But yeah. I was working my tail off at it. But I enjoyed it. I loved it. And I looked at that, that sports as an out it was an out for me because we again we didn't have money, so I'm like, if I can do well in football, I get a scholarship, it'll pay for college. Right, and you know that wasn't going to happen with without a sport, and um, I was able to earn eventually a, a football scholarship uh, to William and Mary down in Virginia, and um, was a, a a captain and a, a quarterback at William and Mary. Wow, yeah, yeah, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And so you, so the whole uh, four years there. And then did you say you played professionally as well? Yeah, so after that, played five years there because, you know, you play four, and then you, you get an extra year. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. And then I went overseas and played in Europe in the World League. So at first I was in Berlin, Germany, and then Amsterdam, and then Cannes, France. Um, and one of the quarterbacks. So tell, tell me about that, and I don't want to cut you off here. Yeah. Go back. Mm. How did that happen? Like, <laughs> give, give, me the, give me the process. I don't know. Of college to going overseas to yeah. play. Yeah. What just, kind of decision just, was this? Just one step. Just let me just step for one second back yeah. even more because yeah. Coach Wolf, okay. Coach Wolf, go back to Wolf in Brick, New Jersey. Let's give Wolf some a legend. Time if you're if, if you're a, if you're from Jersey back in the day, you knew who Coach Wolf yeah, was. Yeah, I've heard of the name. And um, he, whew, he was really, really important. Like. He was the football coach. Yep. He was the superintendent of the schools, the mayor of the town, and he served in church. I'm like, wait, he's the football coach, the mayor, the superintendent, and he serves at church. I'm like, how the heck does this guy do this? 
And he'd be picking me up and bringing me to practices and, you know, all these things because I think he saw something me at a young age in Pop Warner. He'd come and sit on the 40-yard line. I always saw his white hair on Pop Warner. He'd be sitting in the stands watching his his future players. And um, I'd watch him and, you know, you, I want to make him proud because I knew I was coming up through this system. Yeah. Um, why do I share all that? Because he had an incredible impact on me and um, – he ended up just being almost like a father to me. Wow. Right. Going through all this time. And, and, uh, it's like, you want to be a better man, a better football player, a better kid in playing for a legend like that. You talk about legend. He, yeah. he, he, he's a legend. legend. And he's since passed, but I was like, man, I don't know if I can come back here and coach because I can't step into someone's shoes like this. Like this guy is, he's a God. Give, give he's me, a God. talk a little bit more about him. Like, what was it about him that was character, so, character, character, Char- I mean, just character. I mean, like, what are the things that he instilled in you and said to you? I mean, you was talk- it tough love? Was it? No, uh, he, he had principles. No principles. doubt. He had principles, did things the right way. But he'd come out in a game with a suit and high top black shoes and a top like Bear Bryant and, and, and had that hat. And he just looked venerable. He looked like he was like, man. But more importantly than the way he looked, it was the attention to detail and run it again, run it again, run it again. And you'd run the same darn play over and over and over and over and over and over. And you're like, man. And we were really good, like more state champs than, than anyone, not because we were better athletes, but because of the meticulous detail yeah. that we had that nowadays you don't get that kind of attention to detail um, with a lot of programs. And I learned that, you know, through a lot of hard work and, and doing things the right way, um, he took care of his coaching staff because I ended up going back after college and, and winning a state championship as a coach with him. Um, I wanted no to learn. Oh, yeah. I mean, this guy was everything to me. And, and you know, I got my dad from, from 10 to 20, and he was really special. And then I had also Coach Wolf. And um, I had two men that, that made a massive impact um, on a lot of levels. But he – he he believed in me. At age 20, when I went to college, just to fast forward for a moment, and, and this is a Coach Wolf story, yeah. when I was a junior competing for a starting job in college, um, my father, my my hero, my, my mentor, my biggest cheerleader, never missed a practice, would go to every game, home and away in high school, and every practice, he'd be at every practice because I think he felt like he missed out yeah. on things. Yeah, yeah. Um, my dad actually had a heart attack and he died when, when I was 20, when you were 20, I was 20. So I'm in college and I, and, and he had a heart attack and I, I, um, it rocked my world. I'll just wow. tell you that. And it, it rocked me. Like if there was one person at age 20, that I didn't want taken from me. It was my dad because I had gotten him back when I yeah. was 10. And he made up for time, and he was with me, and wow. he did all these things. He poured into me. I was the beneficiary of his time, unlike my other seven brothers and sisters. Mm. I was the I was the child that happened to get his time, and they they only wanted his, they only wanted his time and never got his time. I was the beneficiary of that. So when I lost him, it was devastating <sighs> to the point where I no longer cared about football or school. I almost quit college. I I, I went home to the funeral. And I remember doing wind sprints on the beach in Bayhead, New Jersey in February, February 19th. 
and doing wind sprints, and it felt like it was 10 degrees. I'm bundled up, and I'm crying on the beach. It's freezing cold. It's dark, and a cop coming up to me and says, son, what are you doing? And I was crying. He probably thought, like, this guy's not stable, and I probably wasn't. But um, I said, hey, my dad just passed, and I'm doing some sprints, and, and uh, you know, we got talking to this random cop. I've never wanted to quit anything in my life, but, man, I want to quit school. I didn't want to go back and play football. Football is my life from age like pretty much five when I had dreams of playing sports. But from 10 to 20, I could tell you, I want to be a pro football player. I want to be in the NFL. I want to be a quarterback. And I knew I was going to the league. And, and then at age 20, all of a sudden, he dies. And I'm like, I don't want to go back to school. I want to get in a car and I want to drive across the country and just, just drive yeah. and keep going west. And for three weeks, I stayed home and... I'm com- I'm supposed to be competing for a starting job. What the cops say? What, the, what you said? The random cop just he 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 was just listening. Yeah, he was listening, and you know, um, obviously, yeah, I don't remember what all he said. Okay. I just I just yeah, remember yeah. that yeah. I was trying to work out and, and and more not get ready for football it was just I needed an outlet. Yeah, and uh, I just didn't want to go back to school. And when I went, eventually, I decided like yeah, I got to go back. I'm three weeks into spring. What's your mom saying? My mom, man, she's a saint. My mom, my mom is just she. She goes with the flow, and obviously yeah. a very interesting relationship and dynamic because he came back into my life. They never remarried, but right. they were friendly. Yeah, and um, and uh, it was a tough time for everyone. Like, oh, dad tries to get back. He went from a very type A driven guy to having a heart attack and passes from ten to twenty. I had a very type B personality, a guy who cared and and was loving. Um, where my older brothers and sisters did not. And um, my father, he taught me a lot of lessons, including even as a dad now, the importance of time. Yeah, My time. dad wrote me a letter every single day in college, like hand wrote me a letter every day. Wow. There wasn't a day I could, every day he wrote me a handwritten wow. letter. I don't even know if I could text my kids every day in college. Now I got two out of the three in college. Like every day, and I have a lot of the letters he wrote because I saved them. And um, interesting enough, after he passed, three weeks after he passed, and I'm a basket case, I went, I went back down to college, and I go to the mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> there was Another a letter. letter. Yeah, one more. Wow. One more letter. And in that letter, he must have known what was coming because in that letter that he wrote me, it said, don't waste time. Mm. Know that time is precious. And I don't care what you do for a living. If you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, a police officer, a teacher, a coach, a physical therapist. And he goes through all these occupations. He goes, just know this. Always do your best. Never give up. Now make an impact. Mm. Wow. That was it. God, that's how, that's how it ended. Like, wait a second. He left three weeks ago. I get a letter from him telling me, dude, here, and I have that letter. Of course. And I'm like, I couldn't believe it. He wrote it the day he had the heart attack. So he must have known what was coming because he wrote basically what was about to happen, saying, hey, listen, time is everything. I believe in you and go make a difference in the world. Yeah. And that was it. And I'm like, oh, let's go. And wow. And, wow. Uh, I had a very interesting eye-opening experience at age 20 that now all of a sudden my dad, who 
had a lot of impact on me as a as a young boy and man from 10 to 20 now now i'm a i don't have a dad anymore so that was it yeah and and was wolf a part of your life at 20 good question that's why i brought it up originally is because then coach wolf who had friday night games would drive seven hours on saturdays to come see me play after that and he'd slip me a handshake come on hold on hold on hold on hold on truth so wolf would then drive on Fridays. No, Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Saturday morning to see you play. At 1 p.m. He drives seven hours Yep, just to come see you play. And then drive home. After your dad passed. Uh-huh. And not only that, so you think, yeah, Friday night game, you get up, leave 6 in the morning to get there by 1 o'clock, see me play, get out. There are days I didn't even play, whatever, He'd hand me, give me a handshake, and he'd always have $100 in there. So this is a coach. It's a high school football coach. High school football coach. He knew coach. I had nothing. Wow. He knew I had nothing. So now, as a coach, I still remember that. Oh, man. I know who's got stuff going on and who doesn't. Right. I know. You know. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Coach Wolf would drive seven hours one way. He could probably care less whether I was playing every down or didn't play it down. He 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 wanted to give me a handshake and give me a hug, give me a hundred bucks. Yep, yep. And a hundred bucks. Listen, that that's nineteen ninety two. You yeah. ain't kidding. That's a lot of money. Yeah, for a kid. Uh, for a kid. Yeah. But he also knew that I had nothing. Like, you know, back wow. then when you're a scholarship player, you weren't even allowed to work. <laughs> there weren't NIL, <laughs> there weren't nil deals and stuff. Yeah. And kids are getting they like. I remember, you know, yeah, I have nothing in the bank, and you're like, okay, it's a good thing I have a meal plan at the cafeteria yes. so I could eat. But you couldn't go out a date, or you couldn't, you couldn't afford anything. And my mom certainly didn't have money, so that meant the world. And 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 it was more. It was never about like, hey, you gave me the hundred dollars because that was really nice. It was wait a second, he just drove fourteen hours in a day uh, on the day after a game when most of those coaches are breaking down film. He could have sent the hundred dollars in the right. mail. Yeah. yeah, no, he would drive down just to be in the stands and just like in Pop Warner. I don't know, 10, 15, 20,000 people in the, in the stands, I'd always see him. i see that silver hair, that white hair, just sitting up there and just watching. Wow. That was it. It was everything. Everything. So when you talk about me as a coach, I've had some good coaches. Mm. Mm. I've had some people that like do wow. things that most people never get the opportunity because nowadays there aren't those kind of coaches that, that do those types of things. And <laughs> every now and then there's a handshake that I'm going to give to a young kid. Yeah. I remember what Coach Wolf did for me. Yeah. I'll and never forget that. How important is to have someone that that is there for you, that supports you, that oh, sees you? That's it. I, I'm talking about this, what, <laughs> uh, 30-something years later? Like, like, oh, yeah. yeah 30 years later, 30 the years impact later. it had on your life. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. <sighs> so I didn't want to skip over that. So when you asked about my professional career, I needed to share that yes. because my dad had passed. Coach Wolf stepped into another role. And um, again, I talk about five to 10. Well, your first 20 years of life, think about how formative that is for any man yes, or woman. Yes. You know, ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. So at age 22, I'm like, hey, I, although I didn't get drafted in the NFL, I ain't done with football. <laughs> Let me go overseas and, and play football. And uh, I step into a role over in Europe. And uh, how did how did how did you first of all let me let me make one. <laughs> you make, sure you let, want to know this one? I do, but let me, <laughs> I know the listeners do too. Let me make one point here. 
I saw a quote recently. This mm. was this was very um, this was eye opening. Um, that the average the for a parent the average time that you will be in your 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 child will be in your life that you will so the average time you'll spend with your child in a lifetime mm. as a parent is a total. This is the average of nineteen years, mm. and we're we're talking accumulative here. Mm. And you know the first eighteen usually are at home, yep, under your roof. Yep. So that's eighteen of mm. time that you're spending with them daily. Yep. Wow. The total for the rest of from nineteen on is one total year. Wow. wow. That we're talking like yeah, because right now your kids are at college, and I know you're I know yeah. you're not in this average. I already know that. One day here, one day here that's to it. get three sixty five. That's a year. Mm. So a total of wow. one year. Wow. Wow. Like to go to your point of how important it is mm. as um, as a parent. Let's talk parents. Yeah. As a parent to take those first 18 years and spend as much quality time as you possibly can mm. with your child. True. So they know that you love them, you support them, you see them, right? Yeah. Talk about that. I, I always used to live by, you got 18 summers. You got 18 summers with your kids. Wow. Maximize every summer. It's not just summer, but that theme right, and right. that mantra yeah. of you yeah. got 18 summers. Yeah. Don't waste a summer. When the kids are off from school, get on the trips, spend time with them. Um, and obviously it's it's all the way through. But 18 summers to me has always meant something. I actually wrote a blog about it years ago on it because while we took the trips, um, two of the three are in college now and one is a sophomore in high school. Um, it's amazing how fast it goes by. And we all know that. We're like, hey, yeah. time flies. We all know it. But next thing you know, I'm in the position now like my kid's a junior in, in college and a freshman in college. I'm like, man, I wish I could have that time back. Now, I coached when I was in – when they were in high school playing football, yeah. I coached. Because I didn't want to, I didn't want to lose that opportunity yeah. to be around them like a coach wolf wasn't around me. So I coached. I was the I was a strength coach and a quarterback coach. So from two p.m. all the way till seven eight o'clock, I was on the field with them, which I loved. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, nothing better than I'll high bet. school football, man. Yeah. High school football. And I've been around a lot of college and a lot of pro football. There's something awesome about high school. What's football. so special about high school? It's just it's so pure. Yeah, it's. It's pure compared to to college and pro. It's it's the love you got the community coming out. You got the band. You yeah. got the kids who are <laughs> in a good way, such knuckleheads. Yeah, and they're in the weight room, and you're trying to get them all strong with squats and deads and yeah. cleans and bench, and, and you know they're they're talking about stupid stuff that yeah. it's yeah. just great. It's great stuff. And um, finding you, themselves, you finding themselves, and you realize maybe, maybe one or two kids might go on to play college football at D one, two or three level. Maybe, maybe none. Yeah, but it wasn't about that. It was really. Well, it's what Coach Wolf did. Yeah. Wow. It's character. Yeah. It's it's instilling a belief in a kid. Mm. And and JD, one of the kids that I coached while Luke, my oldest, was playing during the pandemic, after after they graduated, he committed suicide. Oh man. And I'm like, man, nineteen years old. What did I miss? Like, how did I not see it? Like, I, I felt this sense of guilt. Like, wait a second. How, how did I not see that? And I'm thinking, man, like if there's ever, ever a time that's impressionable for a young boy or girl, but between 18 and 23 for mm. a male, 
suicide is a leading a leading cause of death. Wow. Going to a funeral of a 19-year-old kid because of suicide? That rocked me, man. Wow. Because what do you see? You see your kid. That's your kid. Yeah. That's your kid that, that could happen too. And I just love that level of of football or high school sports is you can really make an impression on a boy or girl. Um, now I'm coaching high school lacrosse, girls lacrosse. I know nothing about girls lacrosse. <laughs> I don't even care. Like the coach, the, co- the, the, the the head coach, she knows everything about lacrosse. I could care less about right. like the game. Of, That's not like, your role. It's not my role. Yeah. It's not my role. I fire the kids up. I get their mind right. I, I get them strong. And, and then I make them believe that they can go out and play lacrosse. I don't know the rules. I, mean, I kind of know the rules yeah, now because yeah, I've right. been doing it for a year. But it's not about that. It's about, you know, the, the whole experience and, and having someone believe in these kids yeah. and um, and spending time with my daughter who, whether she plays college lacrosse or not, that's not the important thing. It's it's being out there with the kids and making sure they have some positive mentors and influences in their life. And, like, it's the easy excuse is I don't have time to do this. Right. I, I'm busy. Yeah. I got yeah. all these things I'm trying to do with life and business and impact people. As my wife always reminds me, she's like, man, this is going to be by real quick. You better you gotta maximize this time because she's gonna be in college before you know it, and then we're empty nesters, and that's it. I'm like, man, you're right. So, that's my role as a uh, as a as a girls lacrosse coach. I know nothing about girls lacrosse. How Sorry, girls. How old is she? She's 15. 15. Yeah, that's another discussion. Does she love hey. having you out there? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, she doesn't. She probably doesn't want me out there. But no, I think she get embarrassed. She, to oh yeah, of course. But of course she does. Y'all are laughing out there. But it's <laughs> the truth. But you know, she, deep down, she probably do does, her teammates but, love you. Yeah, her teammates. Oh, do they like, call you yeah, Coach TD? What yeah, they call yeah. you? I don't even know. They they coach, right? They <laughs> they, they yeah, they, they do. But she doesn't want that out there. But I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, it's, I, I love it almost as much as the football part. Where I love those kids were like my kids, hundred kids. But the the girls across is it's just a, a coaching female sports is different. Yeah. But I I kind of act the same and I get them fired up and and they laugh at me and they giggle and I love it. Because yeah. it's about the experience. Yeah. It's what Coach Wolf did for me. And and to get to believe in yourself. And I don't know which of those girls right now, or even the boys, and I try to stay involved in some of the programs, is is you don't know who's struggling, man. You don't right. know who's, right. whose parents are going through a tough time. Yeah. You don't know who who is thinking something deep that they could harm themselves. So I'm always trying to get in people's heads like that and understand people. And I think it was because I was the beneficiary of the – Mrs. Whitaker's and Coach mm. Wolf and my dad and all these people looking back. You don't understand it when you're going through it. Looking back, I'm like, man, I had some really, really strong people influence me at a young age that I didn't really appreciate because you're just going through life. Yeah. Looking back, I'm like, oh, okay, I, I understand. I, I get why that happened. And, and man, dude, I, I'm loving this, this mm, conversation, bro. The, as a coach, the, yeah. as a coach, like, cause I'm a, I'm a new coach. I'm coaching little guys, oh, six, yeah. seven, eight year olds. I'm in my like, <laughs> I, love it. I, t- I was helping with the defense at first, <laughs> right? Where they're running the wrong way and all that stuff on the field. And I'm like, I don't want any part of this. Like the head coach position, running the offense. You know, running the offense and flag. It's on you. Oh yeah. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So it's all on you. So I like, I don't need this pressure. I, I run a business six days a week. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. So then the coach leaves because his kid had to do another sport. And they're like, and the parents are like, JD, we take over the team. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, this is the last thing I need. So, right. So I talked to my, this is the last thing I need. So I took the team over. 
and we we did we we did well, right? I think we won a championship the first season, and then I realized over time, as stressful as it is, bro, as stressful as forty that forty minute games are the forty most stressful minutes of my life in flag football. <laughs> but I realized, Todd, that. It was exactly what I needed in my life. Right, 100%. Because whatever that time is, was an hour, hour and a half oh, here, yeah. you can only focus on those children That's it. for that amount of time. <laughs> None of the business stuff, the stress stuff, the stuff that we go through, it can't even, it can't even creep in. No, 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 it can't. And no. then, but then I also realized along the way is because I see kids that, <clears throat> you know, I can tell there's some things going on. Mm-hmm. Let me just, I'm going to leave it broad. Yep. I don't want to get, you know, because there's local families here. Then I know that my role as not just a coach, but as a male, positive male role model is so important in Mm. their lives. Mm. So the reason I'm I'm building this up is as the coach, what what is important that I make sure that they know that I, because I tell them I love them all the time. I say, I love you, brother. Mm. I love you. Like I said, and I'm proud of you. Yeah. What, What can I do as, like, what do you do as a coach to just pour into these boys that, because they're too cool. The high school kids, yeah, 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 yeah. But what do you continue to do because of what Wolf did for you, what Mrs. Whitaker did for you? Give me, and, and let's talk parents, too, because this, yeah. this is, goes for parents. What do we instill in our kids? What's the most important thing? Well, one of them is listening. Listening. Right, listening because I think as a coach, we're always wanting to give advice. Yes. Give wisdom. Correct. And that's important. But I think the first thing is a kid... You need to listen and listen to the unspoken things as well. You listen with your eyes these days, not just your ears. Right. So you're listening with your eyes and you're watching. And I think that's one of them. The other thing is, um, I don't care who it is and how old they are, is no one ever got sick and tired of being encouraged too much. Mm. How do you encourage anyone? Come on. Anyone, even in, even a coworker, because... No one ever quit any of my companies because they said, oh, Todd, you encouraged me too much. Yeah. <laughs> you spoke too much life into me. Because nowadays, all people do is they just chop people down. That's it. They don't get encouraged. So one of the things I do is I'm always trying to encourage people and find the good things because what I find in the world of coaching is they're always just finding what's wrong and chopping people down. And kids hate the sport because the coach right. just absolutely annihilated what went wrong and why they made that mistake. And and they can't let up of the mistake versus, hey, great job trying that and it failed. And guess what? I love the fact that you actually made the mistake and that you went for it yeah. and learned from it versus just absolutely staying in the mistake. Or even a parent, the kid gets in the car and you annihilate your kid right. because of the mistake. Which happens 100%. a lot. 100%. Hey, I'm not perfect. I remember doing it one time to my oldest because I was so frustrated when they were young. He was like picking dandelions in the outfield. And I'm like, I got in the car, I was so irritated. Like, I don't care if you're not good, but you got to pay attention. And his eyes are so big. And, and, and all of a sudden I'm like, what am I doing? He's like seven, and I'm like getting on him. I'm getting on him because like yeah. he was picking dandelions in the outfield. Right. He could care less about the little league t-ball, baseball, yeah. and I'm like, oh, this kid's not going to be a high school football player, baseball player, and I'm like, how bad is that? And I stopped, and his eyes went from really big to like confusion, and it was my own mind of like, Parents, I don't know if you can understand this and empathize. Maybe I'm the only one that does some stupid stuff every now and then. But I caught myself thinking, man, just keep encouraging. Keep Keep encouraging. encouraging, Keep encouraging. Keep encouraging. Listen, listen, listen. But when you have wisdom, which 
as a parent, you do, is when you've got their attention, then you want to make sure that you can give the wisdom that's necessary. Yeah. Because I hear my kids now in college say, Dad, you remember when you told me this? That was right. And they, and they listened. And they listened uh, on that. So I think the best thing that any parent or coach could do is listen and then encourage and encourage. And when they make a mistake, listen, they're going to make mistakes. You could point it out, but don't dwell on the mistake. Right. It's good that you're actually out there. I was thinking on this way over, J.D., yeah. about something. Is It's all about the field of strife and the man in the arena. I love that quote and, and, and the whole theme about the man in the arena. Okay. It's all about competing. Yes. You're competing. Whether you win or you lose, it's about the competition of you competing, going out there all out and competing and being that person in the arena who's actually playing the game. Play the game. Play the game. Play the game. You got to do that. The only time, the one time Coach Wolf in four years ever yelled at me, I still remember it. It was my sophomore year. He grabbed me by the face mask. You can't do that. He grabbed me by the face mask. I had all this mud and dirt in my face mask because I had made a dumb play on the goal line. And he goes, Durkin, Durkin, you're playing too robotic. Loosen up and play the game. You're playing too robotic. I'm like, okay, because I was playing too robotic. I wasn't just flowing yeah. with the game and playing. 30-something years later, I still say it. Because he knew that I was playing too mechanical, too yeah, robotic, right. and having to be in my head. Loosen up and play the game. Don't be so robotic. I could hear his voice to this day, and I think... Sometimes in business, I'm playing too robotic. I'm too mechanical. Yeah. Like, too mechanical. Loosen up and play the game. and Go with and the flow. Go go with the flow and, and, and have a pulse on things, but be able to adapt and be able to roll and listen and, and adapt. I think the best athletes in the world, and I've had the opportunity to work with some of those guys, is... It's got to have that ability to not just be so robotic to play, but you can you can flow, you can adapt, you can you can make an audible and, and change on that. And I still laugh because he was right. I'm picking dirt out of my face mask, and he's got me by the face mask, and he's you know I can see his blue eyes in my face mask. I'm like, loosen up and play the game, Deccan. Deccan, play the game. I'm like, okay, coach, okay. And guess what? I still think of that today. I Unbelievable! Think, I still think of that, you know, that face mask. And I'm like plucking dirt out of my face mask, and you know, loosen up and play the game. Loosen up and play the game. Loosen up and play the game. Mm. Andy, you listening to this, bro? <laughs> Actually, he has a headset on, so yes, he is. I love what it. he's doing is he's keeping track of. The, the, do we even have enough space to to write down all these these sh- Man, these highlights? I think I need like tissues. I don't think I've you ever, want tissue. I don't think I've ever cried on a darn podcast we, we, as much. I'm like, I'm we, like tearing up and getting emotional. I don't know why. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm like, it's what, hey, it happens because I don't talk about Coach Wolf and Mrs. Whitaker yeah. and my dad much. Even on on podcasts I'm yeah. doing now, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't talk much about it. So, <laughs> never having been handed tissues. Look at that, like, Todd Durkin. Hey. JD, the impact. is cries is on here crying. On this. Hold on, let's put him right in front of you. <laughs> put it right in front yeah, of you. Yeah, so you can see it. There we there go. There you go. There the, you go. The purple, pink, and yellow but, tissues. But I'm serious, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting older. I'm getting more emotional or something. But I'm serious. Like, <laughs> I get so darn. Like when I think about this, I realize now, just some what these people mean to me, as a coach and as a father and a husband and. And what I do as a speaker and all the other things I do, it's so much of it's formed by the people who have impacted me and, and, and been mentors in my life. And it goes back to when I was younger. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, again, I, I didn't want to take a step back when you asked that question earlier about 
Europe, but it was there were some things there with yeah. my dad and, yeah. and Coach Wolf that it made me who I am today. Right? And and Todd, man, I'll tell you what. And this is exactly why mm. I started this podcast. Mm. This you right now sharing mm. these stories and the impact, impact, mm. impact it had on your life. Mm. This is why I started the show. Exactly the reason. Mm. What you just said is, man, I don't I haven't gotten this emotional in a while because right. yeah. because I want everybody to understand. Yeah, how but powerful you're going it is. through it. You don't understand right. why. Like going through that was like, oh, this is going to be part of my message someday. You're no. just going through it. So again, the reason I say that is because if you're going through a tough time and you don't have to be a teen, you could be a darn 52-year-old man yeah, yeah. and you're going through a battle right now with your finances or your, your relationship or your kids or someone's hooked on drugs, anything. Anything. You're going to look back in six months or a year or three, whatever, and you're going to see how it all comes together, but you got to keep going. You got to keep the faith that, all right. I, I get it. I get it. Just keep listening to messages like this. Yeah. You know, JD, with what you're sharing here, <laughs> you, you, you talk about the real deal. This yeah. is this, this is real talk. That's this right. is this is real talk. This is real as it gets. And again, I don't know if I've ever been as as real and as open on a podcast as this because I haven't stepped back and talked about Mrs. Whitaker in a long time. Wow, Coach Wolf in a long time. Wow. So. You're, you're, you're bringing it out, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're yeah. bringing it out. And I keep bringing you back. <laughs> you keep bringing No, no, back. hold on. Let's go back again. <laughs> let's let's get out the so t- let's go get to out, now. Let's get out let's, more let's tissues. Let's go to now. <laughs> let's get out more tissues. Look at him. Look at him. He's a blubbering mess, ladies and gentlemen. Todd Durkin. I, I am. Yeah. The impact yeah. man. You're like the legend, this and that. I'm like over here <laughs> sobbing like a little baby. <laughs> right, right down that highlight you're at, at uh, edit that Andy. Out. Andy, right down this highlight when he's blowing his nose. <laughs> Look at Man, man. Yeah, just you got throw me. the tissue. Just me, throw JD. the tissue. You got you, me, JD. You, you got, got me. You got me. All right. We're man. success. Yeah, look at this. The tough get the tough motivator. We'll yeah. we'll show this to your <laughs> lacrosse team. Hey, you know, when people ask me about that, like, oh, you always on fire? No, I'm not. No. I'm not. No. Like no. I think the reason when I'm on fire is because I am human in the sense of we all have emotion, but I do feel emotion. I'm emotional. Yeah. And and I do feel that. Just like I get, I'm not always on fire energetically. I'll take quiet time, downtime, and I'll have a weekend where I'm I'm really, really serene. Um, but emotionally, I definitely uh, I wear my emotions on a sleeve. <laughs> Sorry about that. Clearly, like, clearly. <laughs> we just had to bring in a second box of tissues for the tough, the tough guy, Todd Durkin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, oh, and I'll tell you, I'm with you on this. I have never, mm-hmm. since I got to Awaken Church uh, mm-hmm. the, 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 two years ago, roughly, give or take, is when I started my walk with Jesus, I have cried more in the last two years. Mm-hmm. And I talk about this on stage. I've cried more in the last two years than I did the prior 50 years of my life, wow. including when I was a baby. Wow. I, I'm, a, I'm a mess. Hmm. Like a mess. Wow. I, I just, I yeah. don't know what it is here. It's like... Hmm. Is it because we just start realizing because the the older age of like, wow, what are we doing here? Mm. How much of an impact can we make if we truly step into wh- who we were designed to be? Mm. Mm. Right? Yeah. yeah. And now you going back, bringing it all together here. Like you just want to make me cry more. Don't you? I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just staying there. <laughs> like no. bringing it back and talking about because I want everybody yeah. to realize how important our role is, especially as parents. Yeah. Yeah, what I'll say is this, say it. men or women, it, it, it's just be emotional. So many of us right now, and, and part of the work as a coach I do now as a life coach 
is um, is getting people to feel their emotion and, mm. and experiencing that because it's really good because if you're storing away past emotions, good or bad, whatever, and you're not experiencing that, you can't fully live. So how do you go to the places you may not want to go to and process that? And whether you're working with a counselor or a doctor or therapist. a psychiatrist or a therapist or whoever, like it's really, really healthy to process the past and get through it if you want to really make some big steps future forward on right. that it's very healthy to experience why because that's life the highs and the lows the emotions of that versus just going through and cruising through life um as if it's one speed it's not it's fast it's slow it's you know up and it's down all of these things that's why it's life so what you're saying is right on and i encourage anyone listening in is is to experience that and have and, and have emotions and be emotional um you know laugh smile cry whatever you want like experience it and, and experience so it. and on this note man it's like how important is it mm. to to get these emotions out because we're all everybody's bottled up especially yeah. men yeah oh yeah we are programmed to be just bottled up True. Be tough. Yep. Don't show emotion. Yeah. Right. And I think that's why I'm crying so much in the last two years is because it's finally coming out of the, the, the well, not as a 40 years of bottled upness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Now I'm like, okay, it's okay. Yep. Let I, it fly. Let it, let it out and watch what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, watch and, what happens. And, and just, and you can, we keep talking about the word, you, you, like knowing that what you're going through, just, you gotta have faith mm. Mm. that this is happening for a reason. Hey, I always say it's hard enough when you have faith. To yes. Hard enough when you have it. It's not like, hey, you get faith and then you, everything's cool. Yeah, everything's you, you great. No, even with faith, it's hard. I can't imagine going through life without faith because then you just have nothing to believe in. So you're really in deep trouble. So it's hard enough with faith. So uh, don't think just because you have faith or w when you get faith, it's, oh, everything is resolved, all good. No, it, it doesn't resolve everything but it certainly changes your priorities <laughs> it's it's uh, it's so true man like it it's not easy by any stretch right. um just because we have faith and faith in it as you said earlier it's not just about religion or no. god it's the acronym yeah faith which was phenomenal you want to repeat give Fort me, give it to fortitude me again. attitude integrity trust and humility come on that's it ladies and gentlemen so Know what? Know that what's happening to you, no matter what it is, you, it's imperative. You have to know that it's happening for a reason. Number one, number yep. two, that it's happening for a good reason. But also, mm. there's a caveat here: mm. you have to be a righteous person doing good by others for it to be happening for a good reason. Yeah. Am I right about Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Yeah. Otherwise, if you're screwing people over, guess what's happening for a reason? Mm -hmm. Karma's a bitch. Amen to that. Right? <laughs> you better believe it. There's. I got to throw that caveat in there. You can't be an ass. That's it screwing people over and have faith that things are working out for a great reason yeah. no 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 well no. that's the integrity part integrity that's the there integrity it is. part yeah, is, there it are is. you doing the right thing when no one's watching there it is that's are it. you doing the right thing when no one's watching late at night during the day are you doing the right thing and and only you when you look in the mirror can give yourself hey i am or i'm not right and that's just the real honesty test of if you're if you're screwing people over you obviously are not doing the right thing it's are you doing the right thing and if you are then you're living an integrous life Exactly. Faith, faith, faith. All right, let's go back to more wolf. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> look, look, let's get more tissues here. The going to just touch on this real quick. When you went from college and what made you think of going overseas? Like, how did that even become a thing? I wasn't 
completely were done people with telling football. you about it? Were they? No, I wasn't done with football. I just felt like I had more left, and I, I was, I didn't have the college career that I wanted. Um, so I was like, let me see what I can do. So I go to this combine at Wake Forest University. Wake Forest, and I, I crushed the combine. I was rated the top quarterback there. Did my forty, and uh, and. What was your forty time, by the way? Four six. Wow, four, that's six, fast. One. It's it's fast in nineteen ninety three. It is <laughs> now, especially it's, for a quarterback, right? right. So, I, I, and my arm strength, everything looked good. I, I graded out well, and the next thing I know, I get a call from this coach who says, "Hey, we loved your combine down at Wake Forest. There's a uh, opportunity to go overseas and play football for a new league that's starting in Asia." I'm like Asia. <laughs> I never heard about it. So he's like, hey, we're going to have training camp in Western Kentucky University. We want you to be one of the six quarterbacks there. I, Long story short, I go to Western Kentucky University uh, two months later, go to training camp, and I make the team. I'm the number one quarterback. We're going over to Asia for a new league forming six months later. And um, go to camp, finish number one. We go to Taipei, Taiwan for an exhibition game to kind of like fire up the crowd for the new league that's forming in yeah. about six months. We go over there, and I'm the quarterback for the Taipei Dragons, right? Like, that's that was my team, All-Americans. But all Americans. I was put on the Taipei team so I could, like, the Taipei, Taiwan folks would be all fired up. So I'm the Taipei Dragon quarterback, have a great game, fired up, we finish. Uh, you know, we, we, win, we win the How game. much were you paid to play? I couldn't even remember. It wasn't, wasn't it was, much. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't much at all. But if I remember, when the season was going to start, it was like fifty or $60,000 we'd be paid for the 12-week season. Okay. Like, hey, that's okay. That's decent. I could yeah. do it. Yeah. I could do it. And um, so between that game in, in Asia and the start of the season, it just so happened I had all fall. That's when I went back to Coach Wolf and coached. So I trained, ah. and I substitute taught, and I coached. It was right after college, so I'm I'm training and I'm I'm coaching back at Brick, right? Yeah. I get a call in November that the league's not happening. I'm like, what? Not happening? How is this possible? Like I put I, I put off life to go back. Well, it never got funded. Long, you know, all these things. Like these startup leagues didn't happen. But I, the coach who was going to be the coach over there said, I loved what you stood for. I just got a job in Berlin, Germany as a coach. Would you like to come and be my quarterback? I'm like, interesting. So now I'm going from Asia to Berlin. I'm like, sure, I'll come be the quarterback in Berlin, Germany. So next thing I know, a month later, um, I'm living in Berlin, Germany. I'm the quarterback for the Berlin Rebels. And... Um, and everything is good. What's your mom saying? Like, yeah, go ahead. Just. Oh, my mom's great. She's like, yeah, just live life. Whatever you want to do, oh, go man. live life. And uh, I go to Berlin, Germany. I'm playing. Next thing I know, we have a week off. So in Europe, when you have a week off, you go get on the train and you go. And one of my buddies was playing for the World Football League at that time for the Amsterdam Admirals. So I'm like, I call him up. Like, hey, I'm going to come over and watch your game this weekend in Amsterdam. Get on a train. Go to Amsterdam. And in in series number one of the the game, the quarterback still remember the name Jamie Martin breaks his collarbone. I'm a quarterback. Yeah, I'm on the sideline. Don't tell me you go in the game. There's no way. <laughs> I'm on the sideline. There's no line. way. Listen, the World Football League in 1994. That was like a big deal. Like that was the I NFL. remember that was the, the NFL. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I remember the World Football. That League. was like that was like the NFL backup. Like wait a second. So I don't go in the game. But after the game, 
the, the, the player, my friend, is like, hey, um, you should talk to the coach. I happen to get in the elevator with the head football coach. Introduce myself, say I'm a quarterback, I'm playing over in Berlin. He's like, can you be here tomorrow morning, Sunday morning at 9 a.m. To, to try out? I'm like, sure. <laughs> Sunday morning, 9 a.m., pouring rainstorm. I go to the field. I'm throwing to the equipment manager, and I'm throwing dimes. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm crushing it. After the, after the tryout, he's like, we want to sign you. But I'm like, wait a second. All my stuff's in Berlin, Germany. <laughs> By the way, I haven't told this story in like a long time. Everything's in Berlin, Germany. He's like, well, if you want to sign, it's going to be $4,000 a month. Um, and uh, $4,000 a month, I think it was. Yeah. $4,000 a month. And, and we need a quarterback. We're going to sign a quarterback. I need to know now. I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> so I undercover had to go get all my stuff in Berlin, Germany. What'd you tell the Germany coach? Oh, that's a good oh, no. Well, the Germany coach, he understood because he was an American guy because he, he was like 100%. That's one one step closer to the NFL. If that's yeah. your dream, you got to go. Oh, that's great. The owner wasn't so happy because I'm one of the five U.S. football players, and he now has to go get another American quarterback, right? So he wasn't too happy um, about the situation, but I had to do it. No way. So I, next thing I know, I'm playing for the Amsterdam Admirals next week, and there was only like four weeks left in the season. And next thing I know, we're in the world football the, the World Bowl, it's called. The World Bowl. Okay, hold it's on. It's the Super hold Bowl. All right, hold on, hold on. The, Don't the, jump ahead to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You jumped four games ahead on me? Nothing happened. I wasn't even playing. I was the oh, backup. Oh, you weren't playing. Okay. Oh, backup. Okay, you're backup. Okay, okay, backup. okay, okay. So I'm backing up. Okay. I'm backing up, not playing. Right. But I'm in. The, I'm one step closer. Right? I'm playing. I'm throwing in practice against all yeah. the DBs who are NFL third stringers and, and everything else. And... um Lo and behold, we get to the World Bowl, and we lose the World Bowl, but we're we're, we're out, we're home. Yeah. They're like you automatically get a contract for next year. I'm like, sweet. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna actually come back yeah, here and for the play whole season. The whole season, I'll prepare for this, and and I, I got my plans all in place. So that was it. I go home. I go to massage therapy school because I had six months off. Back, back in the States. Back in the States, in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm like, I'm no way. Go to, yeah, six months off. I Come already on. had my degree, my degree in kinesiology. Why Georgia? I'll tell you. All right. Because <laughs> I had my degree in kinesiology. I had my personal training uh, certification. I had my strength conditioning certification. And I'm like, well, I got six months off. Instead of training, I'm going to go to massage school because my sister, my oldest sister of five, Patty, yeah. who was, she was a massage therapist at that point for, and she still is, for 38 years. Now, you know, she's like, hey, you should go to massage school because when you go to grad school someday, you can pay your way through grad school with massage. That's true, yeah. And you love health and fitness, so I go to massage school. And because one of her friends was an instructor at the school at the time, it was called uh, Rising Spirit Institute, New Life Institute, New Life Institute Massage Therapy School. It's no longer there; it was bought up by a franchise. But uh, I go to school there. Love it. I love it. I'm like, I love. That's why school. you went to, to to Georgia. Yeah, I went there. I went to Georgia. Her friend was the the teacher. One yeah. of the one of the teachers, yeah. and I loved the massage school. It's like. Everything you learned in kindergarten, everyone should go to massage school. It was great. Not only are you you getting massage practically every day, you're you're learning a great art and a trade. I already have my degree in in kinesiology, so I knew the body, and I'm learning the 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 yin side of healing. And in November, as that program's wrapping up, I'm getting ready to go back. I get this call Thanksgiving week, 1994, and um, and uh, they say, hey, uh, this is Jacques Dussault. 
Jacques Dussault. I, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a football coach, and I just got a job in Cannes, France. And we're, we'd like to offer you a position as the quarterback for the Cannes Iron Masks. I'm like, never heard of them. <laughs> like, never heard of them. He's like, have you heard of the French Riviera? I said, no. What's that? He goes, you need to know what the French Riviera is because it's the team in the French Riviera. Yeah. So I do my due diligence. I look at the French Riviera. I'm like, look, I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I'm like, well, I'm going back to the World Football League. They pay $4,000 a month. He's like, the team is owned by the city. We'll pay you $4,000 a month. We'll get you a condo. We'll get you a car. You'll be all set up. Uh, you'll be the guy. We'll make. I'm like, wait, tell me more. <laughs> like, tell me more. He's like, tells me everything I need to know. Next thing I know, I'm the can iron mask football quarterback. I'm like, this is amazing. This- okay, so hold on. Yeah. What did you was it a tough decision because the world league, right? Isn't yeah, it but you weren't gonna start, I, right? I wasn't gonna start. And at that point, I'm like, man, they practice three days a week. I can go over there, I could start a business, I could do whatever I want. And you're the you're the guy. When you're one of the quarterbacks yeah. and I'm getting paid pretty well as a twenty four year old single guy yeah. living That's in the solid French money. Riviera. Back then. Solid money. I'm living in the French Riviera. Condo like, car. Uh, co- condo car. My buddies are all in Wall Street making big money. And here I am playing football, you know, for four thousand bucks a month. But I was like, I gotta I gotta take advantage of this. I'm like, I'm giving up the dream to play in the NFL most likely. Right. But I'm gonna go see every city in Europe. I'm gonna explore Europe. So go, what felt right about it? Tell me this because it know. had to be gut. It was a gut thing. It gut was thing. a gut. Yeah, it was a gut thing. And I learned that one of my lessons is trust your gut, trust your gut. It was a gut thing that it was bigger than football. And mm. I I looked at the French Riviera. I, I looked at the coaching staff who those coaches are still coaching today in the CFL. Um, one of them just won the, the Gray Cup. Uh, uh, so total Margaggio. gut. Good gut. Gut. And, um, and we're getting we're, hey, we're, we're getting back on the gut topic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's been very, it's, very it's huge. crucial crucial everything from becoming a kinesiology major as a junior in college all the way to this decision and yeah. even today so next day no i'm living in the french riviera i'm like how did i get here i'm a block away from the beach the french riviera, the french riviera. like it's the french riviera i didn't yeah. even know about what the french riviera was three months ago now i'm living in the french riviera as the quarterback and when you're the quarterback you're the american quarterback over there it's kind of a big deal for them yeah um a city-owned team and i loved it i loved it so it was like, okay, I'm going to stay here for like the next 10 years. I'm like, this is great. I love this place. And then and then was the next chapter of my life. Oh, gosh. What happened? So week three of the season, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm crushing it. I'm, I'm like, this is this is unbelievable. Starting quarterback. Starting quarterback. I, I'm, I'm, you know, you're throwing four or five touchdowns a game, and you're hoping the younger and kids. And the team is winning. Team's winning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, this is good. Yeah. This is good. And then, and then, my I hurt my back, mm. and I get hit in a game where I've been hurt a lot. JD, yeah, I have concussions, sprain, strained every ligament, tendon, muscle of my body, and I was in a game, and um, I I got sandwiched by two linebackers as a quarterback. Third and twelve, pick up the first down, do a hook slide, and as I do a hook slide, two backers come in, put their helmet in my back, and all of a sudden I'm like. Oh my god! I, I, I couldn't move. I, I couldn't get up. And he's, I'm like, what the heck is that? And I couldn't feel my legs. And I'm like, what? Well, the trainers come on the field. Like, what's going on? I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my body. It's kind of everything is numb. And uh, 
I didn't really know what was going on. I just I never experienced anything like that. They stretcher me off the field. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? I can't feel anything. And uh, they take me to the hospital. And um, the doctor in French, I'll never forget, as I'm lying on the field the first time, I'm looking up at the clouds, two clouds over to the left. I'm like, I've never experienced anything like this. What the heck's going on? And an hour later, the doctor in French is like, uh, does he have a back problem? Does he have three herniated discs, spinal stenosis, and degenerative back disease? Your football career is over. I'm like, excuse me? Excuse me? He said, your football career is over. In very broken English. And I didn't really hear what he had to say because I'm trying to process. I'm 25 years old at this point. I'm hearing what he's having to say, like, your football career is over. I'm like, from 5 to 25, I was an athlete. What are you talking about? Football career over. Like, I got hurt. I'm good. I'll, I'll be back. And um, that was it. Wow. That was it. Holy cow. And I laid there. They told me I needed surgery. And I'm like, I can't do surgery in France. I don't have family here. I don't, I don't know the language. I'm at a high of highs. And now I get back injury at 25. My football career is over. Like, what, what do I do next? And I don't even get home. I can't, I can't even sit up. So for the next three months, I was in the French Riviera rehabbing because I couldn't sit up. I couldn't fly home in a chair. I couldn't sit up. I had a, a nurse come into my condo twice a day, shoot me up with painkillers. Um, I didn't understand the language. How did the team react? Like the coach, did they? They take, were awesome. Did they take they care of awesome. you? Did they? They were you, well. Keep they were your awesome. condo and yeah, yeah. They were awesome. They were awesome. Wow. Now, I I couldn't get home, and I was getting physical therapy almost every day. Um, after the how did you sleep? Weeks, were you were you no, sitting horrible, up? Horrible. I mean, no, I, I, I was I was the best case, but I'm like, well, what am I doing? So, so I'm like listening to audio tapes, like on on strength and conditioning. Like, I'm like, I don't even know what's the next phase of life. All I knew was I want to be a pro football quarterback, and and I didn't really have a plan. I didn't know what it was. And at this point, it was, I don't want to have surgery. And if I have surgery, I don't want to do it in France. Like, I don't even know the language. I I'm gonna go home, but I can't get home. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm in this three month period of trying to figure out like how do I get home and how do I what do I do and what'd I your mom say um interesting enough my mom who had just she she had just left when that happened um she was like just let me know how I can help you like I'm here for you it's all gonna be good she's a mom she yeah, was she yeah. was you know it's all good my yeah. mom was I'm the youngest of eight so she hadn't she's seen pretty much everything everything yeah um but at that point um at, in my career uh it was over and I had never thought about even though I had my degree I had my multiple certifications in personal training and strength and conditioning and massage therapy I had all the I had everything but in my mind I was still like I'm gonna play football right and and when I was in the French Riviera I'm like I, like in the off season, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to open up some business because, you know, you're you're kind of a big deal to them. Yes, you're the American quarterback, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I love it here, right? Like I'm in the French Riviera. You got good looking girls. Yeah. You got the life, good money. I'm like I'm staying here. Well, that changed real quick. Wow. And next thing I know, I'm making this decision of, like, do Wait, I was this surgery? a dark time? Were you dark? Like, it's so down. Dark. And, I mean, I can't imagine. Dark. Lost. Lost. Two times in my 20s. When I was 20 and my dad died, and 25 when I had this back injury that they'd said I needed surgery. 
in my 20s. I'm 25 years old. And now I'm really looking at my buddies back on Wall Street making big money. Yeah. Six figures. And here I am. I'm cooped up in a 400-square-foot studio in France. Can't speak the language. The TV's in French. I can't fly home. I'm facing surgery. I'm like, what am I doing? What, what am I doing? I'm 25 years old in France, feeling like an invalid. I can't. I, I'm done. I don't even know what's next. Yeah. I don't know what's next. And I just felt helpless. And, and uh, there were some good people over there, but I didn't know what was next. And the, the three-month mark, I was able to fly home. Yeah. Thankfully, I was able to sit upright at that point. I was able to fly home, but I was still on Vicodin. Mm. And I was on Vicodin for a long time, pretty much hooked on that stuff. Like, I needed Vicodin. If I missed my morning Vicodin, my evening Vicodin, I was in a bad place. I needed Vicodin. So wow. I flew home, and I was back uh, on the Jersey Shore. I was home at the time and um, trying to figure life out. Like, what's next? Like, what do I do next? Were you living with mom? Yeah, staying yeah. with mom. Yeah. Like, 25. Was Wolf still in your life? Was the- uh, well, that was one of the things I'm like, maybe I should just teach and coach. Maybe I should just teach and coach. And what I, was coach saying to you, like when you were? Was he talking to you when you were over there? Like, no, because again, no cell phones, yeah, no, no yeah. Zoom. Yeah, there was nothing. <laughs> no, there was nothing. Like, no, nothing. Uh, there wasn't even email. Right, like, that's right. No email. No. So no, I was kind of by myself and wow. trying to figure things out. Either you forget about that, but um, you're trying to figure it out, and, and you know, letters and things like that. But God, it seemed so ancient ago. But at the same time, it wasn't. It was just. You know, it was, I was a younger guy yeah. and, um, trying to figure it out. Like what's the next step. And, and uh, when I got back to Jersey, there was a job waiting. If I wanted, I had also been offered a teaching coaching job up in North Jersey if I wanted. But again, something, where was, was that one at Morristown, New Jersey? Good God. That's where, I, that's, something where I, was telling that's where I grew me, up. Something was telling me don't settle yet. Mm. Don't settle yet. Cause if I took it a job teaching coaching, I yeah. probably would still be teaching and coaching now. Mm. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Love it. Right. Love it. Right. But I still was feeling like I'm not done yet. Like, I don't know what it was, but I don't want to settle yet. I'm not ready. Even though everything around me was like, get a job, get money. Yeah. Something inside of me was like, no, not yet. Not yet. And so what was the next move? <laughs> I'm at my sister's day spa. She's a therapist. I'm sitting there having my back on the Jersey Shore, Bayhead, New Jersey. Bayhead. And and I run into this woman, and her name is Jenna King. And Jenna says, hey, I understand you, you were an athlete. I said, no, 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 I am an athlete. <laughs> Not, I was. I am an athlete. 25. You were an athlete. I, I, you, know, you were an athlete. You were a football player. No, I, I am. I'm still in my mind. Like, I still am a football player. I, 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 you know, I'm rehabbing my back. She goes, my, bat, my husband has a bad back, and he was an athlete. Could you help him? I'm like, absolutely. I can help him. I'd love to help him. He's like, do you do in-home training? I'm like, uh, sure. <laughs> I didn't have a job. Yeah. Right? I'm rehabbing. I just got home from France. I told her that. She goes, good. Can you come up and help him out tomorrow uh, at 9 o'clock in the morning? It's up at 1 Mount Street. I'm like, wait, 1 Mount Street? That's that mansion on the beach. Yeah. That's that huge house. That's 1 Mount Street. Yeah, I could help you. I go to One Mount Street. Everyone knows One Mount Street. One Mount Street, that's Michael King's house. Michael King puts off the big 4th of July Gucci Brother fireworks. Michael King? That's Jenna King? Ah, I show up Michael King. Michael King. So she met you at the the spa? She she was getting body work from my sister, Patty. Happened to be the same timing. I'm there hanging out on the front porch. Meet her. She's like, 
my husband has got a bad back, former athlete. He would love to meet you. I go there and <laughs> I'm like, tell him the story. I can help him out. Well, I knew that Michael King produced Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, yeah. and Oprah. He was the producer of Oprah right. Winfrey. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, interesting. Michael and I hit it off. And he's like, so what's the next step for you after all this? I'm like, well, I just lined up. I think I'm going to go to Auburn for grad school. I just signed yesterday. A, a, I'm going to go to grad school at Auburn University. I always want to get my master's degree. And um, I got a couple months. It's now May or June here. And, and I'm going to go uh, in September to go Auburn to get my graduate degree. And I actually got a GA job. I'm going to coach in the prison. I get 4 o'clock in the morning. I go put the prisoners through a workout. He's like, wait a second. You're going to go to Opelika, Alabama to go to Auburn for grad school, and you're going to work in the prison? I said, yeah, it's going to pay for my way to grad school. He's like, I got a better opportunity for you. He tells me the opportunity to come out to Malibu where they really live. They were just in a summer home, come out to Malibu and train all of the celebrities. I'm like, I don't want to do that, man. I, I'm not a Cali guy. I, I don't want to go out to, 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 to Cali. and that just stuff. That, if you're an athlete, I know athletes. I don't know Hollywood. He's like, you're, you're crazy. And the more all summer I'm working with him and his staff and all these people coming down. So you're going King to his World, house. Going to his house, King World Productions, all his staff's coming in. He's on me like, listen. And, it, and he's upping the ante, the offer every time. Like, listen, I, I, I'll do this for you. I'll do that for you. I'll do this for you. And finally he says. What was he offering? Place every, to stay? Well, I'll say this. At the end, he says, listen, come out to Malibu. Stay in my guest house. And if you don't like it, and you want to go back to grad school, I'll pay for your grad school. That was it. <laughs> he told me I'll pay for grad school. And we're, listen, he goes, I'm, I'm renting. I'll pay for grad school because like, he knew damn well. Listen, he's like, I'm staying at Sting's Beach House. My house is being built. I'm staying at Sting. Not the wrestler's thing. The Sting. Thing. Sting. He's like, so we'll live in St you'll live in the guest house at Sting's Beach House in Malibu. You'll be training me and anything else you want on your own. You can train. But I'll introduce you to everyone in the, in the Hollywood world. And, and I'll pay for grad school if you want to go back. That was it. <laughs> JD, I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to Malibu. I call, I call up Auburn. I'm like, listen, I got to delay my, my, uh, my enrollment in, in grad school down there. I delay that. Next thing I know, I'm in Malibu, California. Just months ago, I'm in, I'm in the darn Cannes, France, playing football. Now I'm in Malibu. And I'm like, I'm not a Hollywood guy, but I'm in the I'm in the riches of the riches. I'm in <laughs> I'm in a place where my next door neighbor was Tom Hanks, and the other side was Rob Reiner. I didn't even know who Rob Reiner was. Right. Yeah. I don't know actors and actors. My wife laughs at me. I'll know the third string backup quarterback for every team in the league, but I don't know who Rob Reiner is yeah. or the people who are living in the colony in Malibu. Sorry, I don't follow Hollywood. I don't care. If you're an athlete, I know everyone. Hollywood, I don't know nobody. Which was kind of good because they liked that. I didn't really right, care exactly. who they, they were. They weren't like, like all yeah, starstruck. I didn't who they yeah. I didn't care yeah. Michael King. Like, you I, treat him like a normal human being. 100%. So I get in with these guys. And I'm training them and, and everything else. And I'm training in Malibu. I'm scratching my head like living in this place. Now, I don't know. This is another turning point in life. The money was really good. Everything was great. On the outside world, hey, here I am. I'm training the best of the best A-list producers. Now. Throw some names around. Well, I mean, besides Michael and his entourage of people, yeah. I'm with Tom Hanks. I'm with these guys. Didn't train Tom, but I'm next door neighbors with these yeah. guys. Yeah. And then, and then what happens is this: 
I, I, I wasn't ha- like I didn't like it there. I don't like Hollywood. I just yeah. don't get off on that world of. I don't really care all the things that they're doing. I love sports. So deep down, I'm like, this isn't my future. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna go into this and, and want to stay here forever. So I um I'm like I'm getting good money. My buddies were all like, holy she's you're living in Sting's beach house and yeah. all this. And I was. But I knew that's not where I was supposed to be. I was still on Vicodin. I was still I was still in pain with my back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So my sister Patty back in New Jersey says, Hey, there's this guy named Double Lee coming out doing a workshop in Malibu. Dub's in LA. He's a 70-year-old man who does something called rolfing, structural integration and body work. I'm like, what's that? You need to get rolfed because of your back. I'm like, huh? So I go on, I take it's like advanced body work. I already have a massage therapy background. Yeah. Next thing you know, this this guru, Dub Lee, is coming to California where I live, and he's doing a 10-week a workshop to teach you how to do rolfing and structural integration and yeah. energy work. She's like, if you do it, I'll fly out every week to do it with you. I'm like, really? I'll do it. So she flies out every week with with me to do this 10-week program with a guy named Dub Lee. Dub Lee, fast forward on session four of Rolfing, he's in my hips. And he's in these my, my hips and my hip rotators. And You think I cried some on this show? I was crying like a baby on the table. Now, here I am, 25 years old, quote, tough guy, athlete, quarterback. Yeah. Weeping like a baby. Not because of pain. I don't even know why I'm crying. He's in my hips. I'm crying. And, and he's like, he's coughing and spitting. I'm like, what are you coughing for? He's like, you're sick. I'm like, sick? I ain't sick. I'm in pretty good shape other than my back. He's like, no, no, no. He goes, you got a lot of toxicity in you. He goes, what kind of medication are you taking? I'm like, well, I'm in Vicodin. I'm in this. He goes, all that toxicity from your body is stored in your body. The fascia of your body, the connective tissue of your body stores onto physical, mental, emotional pain. Anything, anything you, any drug, any medicine, any food that you've taken that's not good gets stored in your body, and that gets manifested in your body. So the physical pain that you ex- that you have and you are jacked up, he goes, also, the Vicodin that you have and everything else, the reason I can, I can, I'm coughing is because I can taste it in my mouth because it's coming through your psoas, your psoas, your yeah. PSOS muscle on that. And sessions four, five, and six, I got so sick, like I felt like I had the flu. So after he gets done with me in session four, I can't go back for session five. I'm like, I call him up. I'm like, Dub, I can't come back. I'm sick as a dog. I got the flu. He says, no, dodo bird. Get your tail back up here. You don't have the flu. That's called your detoxing. Like, detoxing? From what? He goes, you told me you were on Vicodin, right? He goes, I'm detoxing you right now. Everything that you're puking out, that's detoxing everything in your system. Wow. Get your butt back here for session five and session six. I go back. He's on my hip rotators. He's on my psoas. He's doing these things like I wanted to punch him in the face. I wanted to punch him in the face. It hurt so bad in a different way, not yeah. physically. Yeah. I was almost going back to the football field and experiencing the pain, the emotional pain, the physical pain of a bit of back into the end of my career. Now he's bringing it out through this. He's like, you got to get it out of your system because if you don't get it out of your system, it's going to manifest as something that you don't want. I'm like, 
this guy is brilliant. Wow. This guy became a guru and a mentor to me for the next several years as he taught me body work, advanced God. body work. That's the reason why I was in, in Malibu. Not to train with Mike right. King and all these right. people. Right. It was to learn from this guru who taught me all that he taught me, not only those 10 weeks, but future forward. And I learned for three, four, five years. I've never taken a Vicodin since that time. Wow. Fast forward, I start doing that work. Now I'm a trainer and I'm a body worker. A bite, not just a massage therapist, a body worker doing this. And your sister, sister, we gotta give mad props to sis. My sister. She's the one who said, hey. Right? That's right. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's amazing. My sister Patty's I you know, she's she's interesting. She's my oldest sister of five, and she's she's been kind of a career guru to me in the sense of she's tapped into a different side of the brain. I'm very much logical left brain. She's very creative and yin and tap into the yin and tap into the yeah. the energy side. So having five sisters helps with that. Yeah. Having a sister like Patty who's in that field really studying here go the tissues again yeah. <laughs> is is um she's been a blessing uh, on a lot of levels but uh as a body worker as a fellow massage massage therapist she's exposed me to a lot in the world she lives in primarily but why is that important is because for the next decade my whole career people think of me now as a coach and trainer yeah and i am right i spent the majority of my time early on not just training but doing body work wow and helping people who are in pain Interesting enough, and I'll come back to that, but when I started my business, the way I got into working with these athletes wasn't through training. It was through body work. Through body work. That's how I got into it. Because Dub Lee taught me advanced body work with rolfing and structural integration and and energy work, truly doing uh, energy work and learning how to sit zazen for an hour when I couldn't sit for two minutes on that. Without pain. Without pain. Like pain. He gets me off the Vicodin. He teaches me a whole different way to practice and approach people. And from 1996 to 1999, before I opened my business, um, it was all of this exploration. My whole 20s were about learning and learning. So I spent my entire 20s from playing football, then this back injury to going to work with Michael King to living in 13 (laughs) cities in less than three years to basically learn from gurus like the Dublees. I'm like, I got to immerse in this. So where'd you go from Malibu when you were? San Diego. That's when I moved to San Diego because I've been all over the place um, from from France on. So Malibu, tell me when you said Mr. King, you don't have to pay for my grad school because now I'm going a different route. Well, that's what I said. I said, hey, I'm going to be leaving. He goes, okay, I told you in the beginning that I'll pay for grad school and I'll pay for grad school. I said, I don't want you to pay for grad school. I want to pay for grad school myself. So I did. I paid grad school myself. I had a a teaching assistantship through weight training and racquetball. Um, Michael King said this, whenever you have the opportunity, when someone's working for you and they have an opportunity to go forward in life and take a big step forward, you make sure you bless them. And he taught me that. And he gave me his blessing and said, wow. this is the right move for you. I don't want to hold you back. I'm here for you. Any way I can help you in any way, you let me know. But I said, I don't want your money. Because as a trainer and coach then, in some ways, I felt in some ways like you're almost like, uh, I didn't. I wasn't able to step into my full role as a trainer and coach when I was in Malibu. In some ways, with the people I worked with up there, yeah, you're like, hey, this is my trainer. Yeah, 
I was like, I'm not an elbow piece for some of these people. Right. I want to help people get people's lives better. Just I'm some not trainer. Like, I'm some not trainer. Not that that's a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. But it was like they didn't really want to immerse at the level. It was like, hey, I'm going to do my training session with my trainer. It was almost like a status symbol. Yeah. I hated that. I was like, no, no, I want to, I want to, I want to. You want to dig you. in. You want to dig yeah. in. So, and not Michael, because Michael was awesome, but the people I was working with. So I knew that it was time to go to the next level. So I moved down to San Diego and went to grad school. And in grad school, um, it was for... What made you move to San Diego? <laughs> my beat-up old... <laughs> you ask good questions. I do. My beat-up old Volvo, 1987 Volvo with the floor hanging down would have never made it back across the country. <laughs> it was a piece of garbage. So... What do you say, velour? What, what did you, what did it you say? It was like velour at the top of the car, like <laughs> velour. So, so I'm like, this thing is a piece of garbage. And I, I'll never make it across the country in this thing. So if I can go park myself just south of here in San Diego, because I, I had been previously dating a gal in San Diego, so I had known San Diego. And I also, I was like, hey, um, I called up San Diego, a state university, grad school, and said, hey, do you have any graduate teaching assistantships available in January? They said, we actually just got a call yesterday that our GTA for weight training and racquetball isn't coming back. Can you teach weight training and racquetball? I said, absolutely. I'd never played racquetball. <laughs> like I didn't know anything about racquetball. I know a little bit, but but uh, I'm like, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Well, if you you can do that and you say you you have this background, you come from William Mary and you do this, and this, absolutely. A week later, I'm in San Diego. I'm in grad school. And um, things don't happen by mistakes. Day one, I meet my future wife. Uh, the first day Come of grad on. school, yeah. How did that go? Talk to me. Well, she's she's teaching she's teaching step aerobics, and I'm like, who's that? Yeah, I'm like checking out. I'm like, that girl's got some good calves. <laughs> so so I'm I'm hitting on the aerobics the instructor, right? I'm hitting on the aerobics instructor, and and uh, we were friends at the first at first because we're both GTAs, graduate teaching assistants, um, and we were friends for nine months. Um, and uh, but you were immediately attracted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you immediately? Like, so you weren't allowed to date, right? Uh, was that the rules? Well, I had a girlfriend at the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there we go. I wasn't allowed to date because I had a girlfriend. Copy. And, right? And and um, it was just friends. But there was definitely an attraction there. Yeah. And um, to the cabs. It was the cast. <laughs> it was the cast that got me. But no, I'm teaching racquetball. I'm teaching weight training. We're going to school. We're studying together. And then um, I had broken up with my girlfriend. And, and um, next thing you know, that was it. That was that was the start of. So would you say, hey, I broke up with my girl, so let's go. Give me the give me the move. <laughs> it was like, what hey, was we got a big move? biomechanics test coming up. We got to study together, and and uh, that was the move. That was the move. Biomechanics. I think. It, I think it was the biomechanics big big exam we had to study for, and um, <laughs> the and big move. The big biomechanics. Move. Let's study the biomechanics. You had her at biomechanics. You're right, right. And and interesting. It's like sure. And interesting enough, <laughs> we started dating. And um, when we finished grad school, we were dating throughout grad school. Um, another big, I would call them fork in the road moments, was I love San Diego, but I wasn't sold that I was staying in San Diego. So upon graduation from graduate school, I had um, she had been offered a teaching position at a community college here in San Diego called Southwestern Community College. Yep, yep. One of the most coveted positions that one could get in the teaching profession is a community college. They're great jobs. 
interesting enough, I had been offered a teaching position as well the same week as she had at a school back up in Los Angeles. Ah. So I get this full-time strength and conditioning position at a college. It's the first ever full-time tenure-track position in a college in California. Tenure-track. You can't lose your job unless you really screw up. Yeah. And um, I was at a really big fork in the road moment. She mm. gets offered the job. I get offered the job. People don't turn those jobs down. Right. But I knew if she was going to be the one after a year and a half of dating her, that Did if you I, cut, I yeah, take this yeah. job... I don't want to go back into another long distance relationship. Right. No, no. Right. And I did a lot of soul searching and I was like, man, do what, what am I going to do? And do I want to, I mean, finally I can have a career, a, you know, tenure track, you got a salary and, and you, I'm coaching and you know, life is good and I can get a condo and buy something and all this stuff. And I turned it down and they were shocked. Mm. I, they were shocked that like, they're like, wait, you're turning it down. People don't do that. You need a day to think about this. Like you're our number one guy. We had ten finalists. We're we're offering you the position. Nah, I don't need. I don't need another day. I'm not. I'm not going to take it. I still remember telling her we're going over the Coronado Bay Bridge. I'm like, hey, listen, I need to talk to you about the job. And I told you I was going to tell you today whether I'm taking it or not. And she's nervous as heck. She's like, oh man, this is not good. And I say, listen, I'm not taking the job. Mm. I'm staying here. So she knew what that meant, but wow. but was, I don't it, know, was it emotional? It was moment? emotional because here's the thing: I know this. I don't have a job. Right. I finished grad school. I don't have a job now. So I had a great job offer. I turn it down. She's got a job, but what am I doing? Six months of JD. When I say I'm lost again, I'm lost again. I just got offered a great job, good salary, but now I'm for six months. Like, what am I doing? I Okay, I'm going to go train a little bit, do massage therapy, do my body work. I got all these jack-of-all-trades, but I'm not really having one role. And for six months, I'm kind of like... This is right around 30 years old, 29, 30. Very good, 29 years old. Yep. I'm 29 years old. I'm lost. I'm like, oh, my buddies are now making real good money. I don't even have a job. I have all these certifications. I have all this background in training and healing and a different mindset. I don't even have a job. And someone says, hey, can you do this health fair up in Scripps Ranch? There's a, a health fair. Can you do some massage therapy, a seated massage? I'm like, sure. I'm at the health fair. At the end of the health fair, some woman says, hey, do you know anywhere around here that does Pilates? I'm like, I don't even know where I'm at. I'm in Scripps Ranch. Like, I'm in grad school. I just finished grad school. I'm living down there. I'm like, I have no idea. I'm sorry about that. I go drive around after that. And I find this shopping center that has a vacancy. And I'm like, I look in the window. And I'm like, whoa. There's these times in life I think there's divine moments. But I looked in the window and I saw my vision. Hmm. Second floor, vacant. And I saw people. My sister Patty taught me this. Visualize what you want. And I saw people in that place in this training studio that had training and massage therapy, training and massage therapy, my background, training and massage therapy. I couldn't call because cell phones didn't exist, but I took the phone number down. I went home. I called the landlord and told him I'm interested. He said, what do you do? Wait, you're going to open up a place that doesn't offer memberships and you're going to do one-on-one -on -one training? That doesn't exist. Like, what do you do? Are you like a physical therapist? I'm like, yeah, I'm like a physical therapist <laughs> because yeah. – 
Studios didn't exist in 1999. Right. You didn't have places that opened up that no. did training and massage therapy, and you don't have a membership. So he thought I was a physical therapist, basically. And they they accepted my my proposal. I needed three months rent free because I didn't have money coming in. I was I was six months. I like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like here and there, just you know, getting paying the bills. But three months rent free to make it. No clients, no money, no business plan. Let's open a business. <laughs> Highly recommend not doing that. I have carpet How you on the don't floor. Don't start a business. Don't start a business. This is 1999, right? So you can do it then, kind of. But I didn't have a business plan. No clients, no money. Where did you get the money to? Because you got to give them something Ooh. to move in. <laughs> they can give you the first three months, but you still got to put like a security deposit down, right? Yeah, you're, you're going to laugh. Tell me about but, this. I mean, the only way I had money besides credit cards, and I ran up some credit cards, was I had a $5,000 loan. My my girlfriend's, at the time, future wife, Melanie's uncle and aunt had given me a $5,000 loan and said, here's $5,000. If you can pay us back in two years, no interest, pay us back in two years, um, that would be great. It's the only money I had like like to my name. Um, at that time other than credit cards right so i'm like i'm going for it <laughs> i'm gonna risk this thing and i i uh was able to on all my equipment all it was all lease like lease all lease, lease all lease credit card with three months i need i had three months to make it or break it <laughs> and if i break it i'm i'm, I'm, I'm in That's trouble it. so at first i i opened the shop it opens january 1st 2000 that was, if you remember, that was like yes. Y2K. Like, yes. is the world going to crash? I'm like, I'm going to open a business. Fortunately, the, the world didn't crash. And um, I opened this business three months rent-free. But in the beginning, I had no clients. I'm in great shape. I'm like working out four hours a day. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, this is great. I got my own gym. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a second. The purpose of having a business isn't so I can work out all day long and feel great and look great. I need clients in here. So after about six weeks, I'm like, I gotta get to, I gotta get to work and get some people in here. And sure enough, um, I, uh, I, I had a woman come in, Donna Dickinson. She's still a client today. Wow. She hobbles in and and uh, she's like, I'd like to get some help. And that was the start of Fitness Quest Ten. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Was there a name? Did you have a name on the side? Fitness Quest 10. You started it as Fitness Quest 10. I did. Tell me about the name. How'd you come up with the name? Around a card table in uh, <laughs> the fall of 1999 with with my wife now, Melanie, and two friends of having 99 different names. Do I include Todd Durkin in the name? Do I not include my name in the name? Um, and if there's, there's a Fitness Quest the 10 represents, I'm the youngest of eight kids. Mom and dad make 10. I was always athletically number 10. My my kids' birthdays, didn't know it then, today happen to be on the 10th of the year. My wife's birthday is on the 10th. Like, what do you mean on the 10th of the year, your kids? June 10th, March 10th, December All 10th. Of them. Who's March 10th? March 10th is my, my, okay. my uh, no, daughter. On March 9th. That's okay, interesting. my daughter. Yeah. 10th, 10th, 10th. Everything's intense. My, I was, but I you don't even know that. Don't Didn't know that. Didn't know that. You I, did. You I timed did, it in the future. No, you, you, <laughs> you did it more because of the eight with the parents. The eight, the eight, the parents. I was always athletically number ten. I oh, always yeah. wore okay. number ten, and um, to me, ten always represented the 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 quest for striving to be the best you can be. You know, perfect ten. Yeah. Well, we're not perfect, but we're striving to be great. Right. So ten was my number, right? And um, and that became Fitness Quest ten. Fitness Quest Ten. The okay, quest so the one for perfection in your health and wellness. The quest for perfection. Yep. In your health and wellness. That's it. All right, go back to the woman that hobbled in. Hobbled in, and that was my first client, Donna Dickinson, and um, 
she's she's a special woman. She's helped me in so many ways. Not only was my client, but in three different expansions, she became like my interior designer and helped design the expansion. And then the the lower facility that we opened in 2006, six years into business, she designed all that. She's been just an unbelievable blessing in so many ways uh, in my family's life. And she was my first client. Wow. She's she's still going strong, and she was just trying to help her tennis game. I didn't have any athletes. I didn't know athletes in San Diego. I was just, you know, and, help anybody. And so, and then how did more people find you? What did you Word of mouth. There? Donna Dickinson, tennis player, talked to people when they were hurt coming in. I attracted a lot of people with back pain. That's because my background. It, yeah. Back pain. Got back pain? Go see Todd. So I'm doing a lot of body work. I got my next thing, you no, know, six months into it, I'm getting pretty busy. Nine months in, my, my schedule's packed. I'm packed. now doing 40, 45, 50 sessions a week. I, I'm like, wait a second. This is, this is quote, good. Yeah. I could pay the bills. Tell me how it evolved. It was, it was going. It was going. I hire Brett Klicka, one of my first trainers. We have training. We have massage therapy. Those were the two core um, parts of practice. But I also had Pilates because my wife, Melanie, yep. who was teaching at Southwestern College, she moonlighted as a Pilates instructor and yoga instructor. So I had Pilates and yoga, and um, that's what we did, and that was the essence in the beginning. And we just started hiring people, and two years into it, did she keep her job or did she oh, come yeah. with you? Okay, no, no, she kept her job. Yeah, she still yeah. has her job. Okay, she's wow. About to retire, she's got a she, you know in a few years, she's wow. a full time twenty, almost twenty five years of teaching at Southwestern College. Um, wow, know, she can you know she's she's uh, been there for a long time, which I always love because uh, I fired her from Fitness Quest. I'm only joking. Yeah. <laughs> See, I like to joke that I yeah. fired her. She's like. I quit. You didn't fire me. But she's very involved in For the record. For the, yeah. But she's always been involved with everything I do. And and um, and that was all the start of of what was to be special. And she always had a, a just a beautiful, great heart for the business, but respected, you know, my passion for that. And she would help out with a lot of the yeah. things like I don't right. have an eye for yeah. how things look. And she was great at that. And I don't even care. Like as long as I have people and I can help change lives, that's all I want. She's like, well, it's got to look good. It's got like, I didn't care. Yeah. But she always was that uh, on a lot of levels. And this obviously in a lot of the discussions of being successful, she always gave great insight on all levels. Right. And, um, and to this day, not just fitness and, you know, the, the business, but on everything I'm doing outside of with speaking and coaching and the different groups I lead, she's a huge part of what I do. And so let's keep going with this a little bit here because we want to get Mel- Melanie her – like would would Todd be would you be where you no. are now? <laughs> no. Or who you are? No. Without Melanie? No. How how much has she completed you and made you better? You know, as you get older, you think about that a little bit more. Um, number one, she she's incredible because of the role she does at her job at Southwestern College as a yes. uh, as a professor in health and fitness. She's teaching health and fitness to college students. So I admire her for the work that she does and has done for close to 25 years now on that. Um, But she's a mom to our three kids, and she's kept our home together. Like, if it was me, man, I'd be in a lot of trouble. It'd be a disaster. I'd be be beyond disaster. Right. Because I think business, man, and I think my kids, but I don't think about all the things she thinks of. And and just from a from a um, a motherly standpoint, and and what she does with her career, but then on top of that, then she's got all the stuff that I do. Um, she's an incredible sounding board and gives mm. me great insight and wisdom to things I don't th- always think about. 
um, on that. And she's challenged me along the ways and in, in making decisions because I, I, I want to change the world. Yeah, I want to change yeah. the world. I want to change the world. And we'll make quick kind of abrupt. Absolutely. And and that. And she's been incredible. And I think about, you know, now as, as uh, you know, been, we've been married for um, 23 years wow. now. Um, it's incredible to think about. Um, I've been very, very fortunate to have a wife like Melanie who's it's 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 special and she's a special woman and there's no way that I would achieve anything nearly that I've achieved without someone like her that has been there through thick and thin yep. through a lot of working seven days a week nonstop for years and yeah, years and yeah, years and years. years and you know working on weekends and you know how it is oh, it's yeah. just like yeah. not everyone's going to deal with that no and she's she's she gets me for who i am she respects me for who i am i do the same for her but together i always said this and we we learned this in our marriage and our wedding is like you think of your 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 marriage like a triangle you and her you and your spouse are at the bottom it's pointing up toward god if you can always keep god at the the, the center of your marriage or the top of the marriage then you're going to keep your relationship but as soon as you flip it up and it's about you guys you'll never be happy because you're always thinking about what she, what she's not doing or what she you know what she should be doing versus it's about god yeah. And if you can keep it focused on up toward God, um, then your your marriage and your relationship is going to be different. And um, as as we get close to being empty nesters within the next year or two, I'm actually excited about the next phase of of that life with her right. and some of the things we're going to be doing. And 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 not only giving back to our Impact Foundation and that, but also just for life and and enjoying life because. Um, in a lot of ways, I feel like I owe her a lot because mm. she's given me a wow. lot, wow. and especially in the last few years. The last few years have been tough in some way, in many ways. But um, uh, she's a special woman, man. A wow. special woman. Love it, love it, dude. Love, love the way this is. Mm. So, what happened? Tough last three years. Can you share something? Yeah, the one thing I want to share before I go there is just this: from the start to the finish, is people always say, "Well, how did you start working with pro athletes?" From Donna Dickinson, my back. My back, because what happened was I okay. didn't have pro athletes. Yeah, I didn't work with pro athletes. My whole career, the last twenty something years, has been working with a lot of pro athletes. Well, people are, how do you get the pro athletes? Well, let me just tell you real quick: is two years into business, I'm still working with anyone. It doesn't matter who. I'm yeah. working with everyone and anyone. I'm packed. We got the sixteen people um, who were um, working at Fitness Quest Ten, and 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 it's going. Yeah, it's keep going fast. With this, it's growing. It's growing. It's growing. And this woman who's doing Pilates, who I didn't know other than her name, Kimberly, she's like, hey, my husband's got a bad back. And I'm like, of course, come bring him in. And in walks this guy, 6'6", 320-pound, big black guy. I'm like, who the heck is this dude? That's Vaughn Parker. Vaughn Parker is the left tackle for the San Diego Chargers. I'm like, wait, you're Kimberly's husband? She never told me that. She's like, yeah. So Vaughn Parker comes in. He's got a bad back. Like, oh shoot, I'm working with Vaughn. This guy's the left tackle, just signed a $20 million deal with the San Diego Chargers. And um, for those of you who don't know, Chargers of LA used to be in San Diego. That's right. So, San, so next thing you know, I'm working on Vaughn's back. I'm working on his back, and I'm doing the work that Dubly did on me. Yes. The exact same work. I'm working on his psoas. I'm working on his hips. And he's like, oh my God, I've never had work like this. This is amazing. I need this. I, my back is, you know, 330 pounds. Wow. And as I'm working on his back, I'm doing this sideline hip rotator release technique, and I'm hearing this splintering. I'm hearing this, like, weird noise. I'm like, dang, 
I've never heard back like this. This is weird. This is crazy. He's like, oh, that's amazing. Keep going. So I'm like dropping my weight into his hip. And as I'm doing that, I'm hearing the splintering get louder and louder. I'm like, what is going on? JD, the table breaks in half. It was the table splintering, not his back. Oh, my God. The table breaks in half. My first pro athlete ever. Broken table. Oh. 20 minutes in, this is my chance to start with pro athletes. Vaughn's like, this is amazing. This is great. I'm like sinking in and the, the whole thing freaking collapses. Cracks in, it doesn't collapse. It breaks. The table, so it didn't actually fall. The table split in half. <laughs> it didn't like collapse. The table split in half. These guys are all laughing over here, laughing at me. But think about this. What do you do? Here he is. I got a $20 million athlete. My first athlete, pro athlete I've ever worked with. Lying on the ground, I see the whites of his eyes like, TD, what was that? I'm like, uh, I'm not sure, Vaughn, but let's keep going. Yeah. I'm like, I don't have another table. I don't have a spare table. Floor. 100%. I had just watched a VHS tape of, of Thai massage and an Esalen massage. I'm yeah. like, I'm going to do that because it's all floor based. Yes. I just watched it. So I take off my shoes. I'm like, Vaughn, let me do something I've been I've been working on. So I take off. I'm walking on Vaughn's 330-pound back. I'm walking all over his glutes and his hips. I got my heel in his, his piriformis. He's like, oh, this is amazing. I'm like, I just learned this last week. <laughs> right? So I'm in his piriformis. I'm in his lower back. And I'm, I'm just, he's like, I've never had this. This is amazing. I'm just trying to flow. I'm sweating like a dog. I'm like dying. I finished the session. And I'm like, oh, God, he's going to hate this thing. He's like, TD, that was the most amazing body work I've ever had in my life. Can you come down to the San Diego Chargers and start doing this with us? Come on. I'm in with the athletic trainer. I can get you in like on Monday. I'm like, absolutely. But I'll, 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 I'll bring a table down with me because I don't want to do that stuff. I'm just like learning and trying to rehearse. I'm trying to visualize my mind of like what I just saw on the VHS tape a few days earlier. And, and- VHS tape, by the way, for the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Is what we used to have to watch before DVDs. Before DVDs, which you don't even still don't know about. 100%. VHS was this big thing. You clunk clunk. Anyway, go. And, and yeah, so next thing I know, I'm I'm down at the San Diego Chargers locker room on Mondays after the games, working with all the guys. I'm like, wait a second, how did I get here? The same thing. I was like, how did I get to Malibu? How did I get to San Diego? Now I'm in the San Diego Chargers locker room on Mondays doing body work. Because of Vaughn Parker, and who do I meet? Drew Brees and LaDainian Tomlinson. And LT says, hey, when the season's over, I hear you do something called functional fitness. Can you help me take my game to the next level? I'm like, of course, I would love to help you. I'm like, what am I going to do with LaDainian, LT? What am I going to help this guy with? I'm like, of course I can help you. Of course. The day the season ends, get a phone call, LaDainian Tomlinson. Hey, Todd, it's LT. Uh, I want to get started with the program you said that you can help me with. It's the day after the season ends. <laughs> season one, he was a rookie. Yeah. He's up there that next day, Tuesday. He's there with me. I'm like, what am I going to do with this guy? I was so nervous. Well, make a long story short, that was the first session of nine years of grinding with Ladanian. Wow. That was 2003. And uh, 
and next thing you know, we're we're grinding. He gets the the MVP of the league in 2006. That's yep. when he created this, this yep. statement about what's next. And you know, I, I I hit the top. He had three more four more great years. But Ladanian, three weeks after he started training with me, he's like, hey, I got to bring my quarterback up here, Drew Brees. Drew comes up there, starts training with Ladanian, and next thing I know, Drew and I hit it off because I was a quarterback. Yes. Yeah. Everything I had been through. Everything I've been through. Come on. Everything. From me being in France, thinking, man, I just want to play in the NFL. I just want to be a quarterback in the NFL. It flashed before me everything from France and my back pain, understanding back pain and, and immersing and listening to languages and living in umpteen cities and living in Malibu and training all these people but that wasn't my thing to, to moving to San Diego to to go to grad school because I couldn't move across the country to opening up a gym with no clients no money no business plan to taking all these workshops and now when Drew says I've never felt anything like that I didn't know that your core is 60% of your strength and if I can help my game that much with core training and what you're doing man well 20 Three years later now, here I am still training Drew after his career. It makes sense when you look back. But when you're going through it, yep. you don't know. So all I can say is keep going and keep fighting. For those of you who are fighting, you keep going. You keep fighting because you don't know. That was 1995 when I hurt my back. And God. my dream was shattered. My life was over. Twenty-five From 5 to 25 was about being a quarterback. Yeah. Well, from... 25 to 50, it was all about helping people in back pain, helping quarterbacks and having to work with 15 of the top quarterbacks in the world and all these other athletes wow. around the world. My back was the impetus, the gateway to open up everything. That was just the way to get in because now I understood pain and tra training with Double E for years. It was nothing more than an, an, an advanced degree, even though I had my master's degree. It was, it was beyond that of learning how to work with these people beyond speed and conditioning and just doing functional strength. It was a level of understanding of like, isn't God interesting? You yeah. don't understand it when you're going through it until you look back of like, man, like if I could have predicted in 1995 that this is the way it would work out, I'd understand, but I didn't. Obviously we can't predict the future. We don't know other than have faith, have faith about what you're doing and stay steadfast to what you're doing and keep learning and keep giving back and serving people, serving the Donna Dickinsons and the Carter and Kathy Pees and the Wen Hearts and the people who just, you just want to help. You don't know who that one person that who's doing Pilates is going to open a door and he opens a door and she opens a door, he opens a door. Next thing you know, you're, you're with the pinnacle, you know? And, and I look back now, 23 years later of like, how did all this happen? Like, okay. You, you know, you're going through the tough times and you're, you're doing it. So to fast forward to your question about the last few years is just that's how I got started with wow. Damian, Drew, Darren Sproles, Gerald McCoy, all of the athletes I started working with was, and I've worked with some amazing people, LaDainian nine years, Drew 20-something years, and, you know, Gerald for 10 years, and Chase Daniel for almost 15 years, and Sproles for 12 years, and all these guys – it's not, it's, it, it goes beyond just football. It goes beyond just healing, right? It's about when you truly genuinely care for someone, just like you do here, JD, um, in your business, it goes beyond just, you know, the transaction of yeah, what you the do. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a deeper, deeper 
care and love for people and helping them at a level that that um, we all need. And and I don't I don't I don't think you can fake that. Look no. look look look. look. I'm sorry. He's going to the tissues again. He's going to the tissues. <laughs> a blubbering mess. TD man, tough guy. TD. I think about my guys, and I just get emotional because. Tell me about Jeff Bristol. We got, blessing, we got, man. you got to tell me about Jeff. Just well, give Jeff me... came in ten, over ten years ago, and he was in a bad place. I didn't know he was in a bad place, and he was working the front desk, and then he had a relapse of his. Uh, and of it's, his... he's been on this podcast, so ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Jeff Bristol, watch his Go podcast. Back and listen to it. It yeah, is the most it. incredible, and he, yeah, and he yeah. attributed you giving him an opportunity. Yeah, well growth in life but you know he started as the front desk and then he relapsed and most people wouldn't take someone back right after they relapse and I've always been a big believer in second chances and I took him back and he became our busiest trainer we made him a trainer and then he was so great with people he became our busiest trainer for years and years and years and years and years and through my own desire to grow yeah I made some shifts to make him an assistant GM at Fitness Quest 10 because I was growing the stuff outside of the right. brick and mortar with coaching and speaking and, and that, the keynotes I'm doing. And then he eventually became the GM. And then as the GM for a couple of years, then the pandemic hit. And that was a whole different ballgame. Yeah. And I needed to make some shifts in my own life because that was a really, really, really interesting deep time for everybody. Yeah. But for me, I went into the pandemic burnt out. You did? Oh, yeah. Before it. So I went on strong. I was ready for a different challenge. And that's you know, I went on and left for three months and didn't have contact. Team did a great job. But I went to 2019. I'm like, man, I got I, I, I love Fitness Quest 10, but man, I got there's something else. I yeah. don't know what it is. There's a tickle there. And that's how that's how Jeff started just picking up his game and, right. and helping and on all levels. And you know, you you get people that come into your life at just the right time and uh, Jeff had been with me for 10 years, but I realized as my vision grew to, to help impact the world to 10 million people plus yeah. that I couldn't continue to spend 80% of my time at the gym, in the gym, yeah. in the gym doing what I do and go impact 10 million people because right. I want to speak more. I want to do more of the podcast. I want to do all this. And I couldn't spend 80% of my time at the gym and my vision was getting bigger and bigger. And I was, I was burning out of all that I was trying to do. Mm. And then the pandemic hit and that was the change of a lot of stuff that was a change wow tell me who uh pandemic hits and i wanted to save the world mode save the world yeah i am a, i have a mastermind of fit pros save every gym i want to save every gym i want to save my own gym i want to save every gym i'm going i'm going on a mission and I was on fire to save it. I wouldn't live every single day, 12 noon, West Coast, 3 o'clock, East Coast. And I'm like, well, they say that this is going to last for two or three weeks. So I'm going live every day that my gym is closed. 91 days later, I'm still live every single day. And I'm shot. I'm shot. You know, gyms are closed. We're trying to take things outside. I'm getting sick and tired of, of trying to help everyone because I'm just dying. Not sleeping. Just. Is this what you're talking about with not sleeping? Yeah, part of it. It's the mm. beginning of it. I'm mm. not sleeping. I'm trying to save the world. And people are like, hey, thank you so much for your Good News Network. It's helping me. It's saving me. And I'm saving everyone but me. Mm. And I'm I'm drowning. I'm sick and tired of the politics of yeah. well, I should be open. Why am I doing that? People are telling me, say close. And it's confusing. And I'm just trying to save the world. And I'm, I'm on a mission to help people. And the masterminders are all amazing. And, and I'm trying to save their gyms in this crazy world that we're living in. And 
knee is killing me. My back is killing me. Everything's killing me. I'm not sleeping. But I don't want to tell anyone because then Superman dies. Yeah. If I die, well, who's going to breathe life into them? So my knee is killing me. I go to the doctor. I'd already had one knee replacement in 2018. I was only 48 years old. So I go in the doc. He's like, man, you're a bone on bone. You need a knee replacement. So my wife says, hey, if there's ever a time to do it, do it now, man. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I'll tell you this, JD, but for me, it was the only way I was going to shut off for a couple right. of weeks because I couldn't turn off. Yeah. I'm like, I guess I'm going to do it December. So December 2020, I, I, um, I, I get my second knee replacement and it was a way that I could kind of shut down and, and that stuff because 2020 from that time, all of these things were happening. My book, Get Your Mind Right, came out in June of 2020, two weeks after George, the whole George Floyd thing. Yeah. My book, Get Your Mind Right, comes out. I'm like, there wasn't a worse time in the world than June of 2020. Everything is, the world is falling apart and then here comes his book, Get Your Mind Right. I'm like, it's the best timing, it's the worst timing, right? Like, get your mind right world, right. but at the same time, people aren't reading books and the whole thing. So it was a long year, but I also knew that I needed to make the change with Fitness Quest 10. I needed to make changes and shifts, and and um, Jeff and I were discussing coming, having him come in as a business partner because if I was going to really try to shift and try to change the world, right? I bring in Jeff in 2021 um, into the business, but at the same time, I'm doing that. Six weeks after my knee replacement surgery, my back starts killing me. Like six weeks after my back, I'm like to the point where I'm going for physical therapy for my knee. I'm like, hey, um, to my buddy Martin, I'm like, can you like work on my back? My back is killing me. He's like, your back? Why is your back killing me? I'm like, I don't know, but it's killing me. Fast forward a few weeks, I'm like, I need to go to the doctor because my back is killing me. Well, oh man, what happens is this. To talk turkey for a moment, my knees, I was so bow-legged, they take out curvature of my spine on my right knee in 2018. They take out curvature of my, my, my I'm sorry, my knee and my right knee. They take out curvature of my left knee, so my, my legs are uh, both straight. So that it makes sense when your ankle, knees, and hips are in alignment. You want everything in alignment. But I was so bow-legged, and the reason I was bow-legged is I had a curvature of my spine because of my back injury fast reversed back to 1995 because I had 300 discs, spinal stenosis, de degenerative back disease. My back had a massive curvature in the spine. Right. But we never looked at that. We never went back 25 years and say, hey, do you have any spine issues? No, we didn't. So when we straightened the right knee, we straightened the left knee, something had to give. It was my back. So when I went in and got my x-ray and my MRIs of my back, the x-ray tech said, holy shh, what the f I'm like, is everything okay? He's like, uh, uh, yeah, everything's fine. Because <laughs> yeah, he can't I, say anything. I knew right then. I get my phone. I run back behind the screen. I snap a picture. I said, is that my back? He's like, that's your back. The doctor will be calling you within one hour. The doctor called me within 30 minutes and said, what the heck? He goes, did you serve in Afghanistan? I said, no, doc. I wish I could say I did, but no, I have not. He goes, I gotta be honest with you, I've never seen a back like this in my entire career. I need to get you to a spinal, uh, um, a, a back deformity specialist. I'm like, a back deformity specialist? I'm like, what's going on? He tells me what's going on. Next thing I know, I'm at a back deformity specialist. And the, the, back, the back deformity specialist says, um, we got a very, very serious issue that we need to do a 
spinal surgery on you and it's going to be a 14 hour surgery. I'm like 14 hour surgery. I didn't know you could do a surgery for 14 hours. He goes, we don't do it in one day. We do seven hours on one day. We do seven hours the next day. I went out to the car. Fortunately, my wife was there. And in 2021, I've never been this low in my life. Wow. But I'm like, what? How can this be happening? The gyms are closed. I'm trying to save the world. I just have a second knee replacement. And now the doctor's telling me I need a 14-hour surgery. And I can never, I'll never be the same. And my life is, is essentially over for me. Like, I can't continue to do what I'm doing. How do I keep going? I don't think I can. And she said to me, my wife Melanie, she said, you know you've been talking about this 10 million people? I said, yeah. Screw that. I'm going to be helping anybody. She said, no, 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 no. Maybe this is all God's plan Mm. because the 10 million people you've been talking about, maybe this is going to be 100 million people. Maybe it's not just trainers and coaches whose gyms you're trying to change, but maybe through your podcasts and your books and everything you're doing. Maybe it's way bigger than that and you got to trust the plan. And she starts preaching to me about belief and faith and I'm like, shut up. I don't want to hear it. She was right. And for the next nine months, I went through hell. Hell. And I don't even care to share all of it other than I didn't want to tell anyone that I was in such pain. I had back braces on, but I'm, I'm trying and to... And you change. had the surgery. I'll get there. Oh, jeez. I'm going through this. I don't want to tell anybody. My back's killing me. Did back, you call double E? Back brace. Deb was dead at this time. I have no one to call, and I don't want to tell him because what happens is, how's your back? How's your back? How's your back? You manifest yeah, yeah, your back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm doing everything. My third round of stem cells were Drew. I, I'm, st- I'm from stem cells down nothing, like, Everything, energy work, body work, chiro, not chiro, but uh, osteopathy and physical therapy, everything. And my back's killing me. I'm in, uh, my son graduated from high school during this time, and in high school and senior year, they go away, and I did not want to do this at all, but I had to do it because he's graduating high school. They take this trip to Mexico. I did not want to go. And I'm in Mexico with my wife and family, with all the other people, in the middle of this, and I wake up in the middle of the night in such agonizing pain that I pleaded to my wife to take me to the ER in Mexico, and I needed surgery in Mexico. She's like, we can't get surgery in Mexico. I'm like, I know I can't, but I need it. I'm in such bad pain. I can't deal with the pain anymore. Take me to the ER, please. And I'm in Cabo. In Mexico. In Mexico. Pleaded, take me to the ER. I can't do it anymore. I'm on a tile floor in Mexico. I felt a lot of pain in my life on all levels. Going back from five to back pain to 25 to... JD, I never felt pain like this in my life. And this was the epicenter of the pain that I was like, I don't care what you do to me. I need to get out of pain. At that day, I didn't care if I died. I was in so much pain that I was done. And um, she's like, we can't, we can't go, we can't do it because 
in Mexico. We, we you can't get surgery in Mexico. She held my head that entire night, and I'm like, bad, bad, bad. And there were multiple things that happened that night that I can't explain. But when you've been broken to the point where I was broken, I gave it all up. I said, God, this is it. I've been obedient. I've been faithful. I've been trustful. I don't know what you want. I don't know what my back is all about, but I'm here. You want me to get surgery? Please get me back to the States. Let me have surgery in the States. But whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. I didn't go to the ER. I didn't go to the hospital. But I took another Vicodin. And um, and I got through that night because I went to the pharmacy <laughs> and got it because I was in that bad of pain. And, and that was it. And, uh, dang, I haven't lived that. But uh, here's what happened. Mm. Nine months of hell in 2021. I brought Jeff in as a partner because I knew I couldn't do it anymore. I knew I was burnt out. Did I he knew. know how bad a rough shape you were in? No one knew. 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 But my wife. They may know I was back pain, but they didn't know how close I was to just, I'm good. Just whatever happens. And I'm fighting. I'm putting the good fight on. I'm, I'm going live and I'm doing things for people. I'm serving, but I didn't want people like, hey, I feel like, how's your back? How's your back? And I don't want to be right, the back right, again. Right, I've right, already right, lived right. that 25 yeah, years yeah, old. I'm yeah. like, the back. The so, sympathy thing. Uh... All that. All that. I didn't need that. And, um, and nine months of hell, of soul searching and everything else, I bring Jeff in as a partner. Uh, my back. I had surgery and or I had surgery scheduled. I have all these it were ready to go and my back pain went away. Like went away. Like nine months of hell. Next time I'm like, you know, my back doesn't feel as bad. Again, I'll fast forward. To this day I still haven't had back surgery. I work out, I do everything I need to do to make sure that my mind is right. I haven't had surgery. There's going to be a day when I take my 37 degrees of curvature of my spine and there's no space between my discs. If you look at it, you're like, impossible. There'll be a day. There'll be a day. But I truly believe when I look back like I did when I was 50 looking back at 25, when I look back in 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, that three years of 2020, 21, 22 was nothing more than God just preparing me for the next leap of life. I can't tell you what that's going to be other than I got some pretty big things coming in 2024 that 2021, 2020 and 2021, let me tell you, brother, everyone was challenged. Mm. Everyone oh, was yeah. challenged. Everyone was challenged. But I've never been close, that close to being broken to the point where I did everything. As the, I just wrote a book on Get Your Mind Right. I'm the mind right maniac guy. And all of a sudden, I'm broken. My mind is not right. And I'm battling. Yeah, you're the mind right guy. You're the mind. Yep, that's me. And I was doing every Jedi trick that I knew just to try to win the dang day. 
of just to kind of get through and I'm putting myself around the right people and everything else, but no one really knew how bad it was. And, um, and then it went away and then it was gone and it was like, interesting. Like, have you told anybody this, this exact, like this story right here? <laughs> no, no. To this day, no one really knows other than your wife. I'm in the middle of when I say big things for 2024. Yeah. Um, I'm writing a book right now. Yep. And I've been waiting to be in the right mindset to write the book because I journaled throughout the process of how bad it was, including another time I was at a, I'll call it just a rehabilitation center in, in Mexico of healing, of going through this. And I wrote some things in my journal that <laughs> when my kids see this someday, they'll never know dad was this bad off. Like, battling battling again i'm the mind right maniac guy i got I, all this success all this stuff no one would know of how much i battle to continue to go so as we speak i mean i recently just signed a uh an agreement to, to write a book it'll come out in 2024 um and interesting enough <laughs> Bring it full circle. Remember that situation um, when I went into that office of the Impact Body Plan in 20, 2010? Yes. <laughs> Man, all over, the, all over the room is the book called True Strength. Right. True Strength. Right. I said, no, 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 no. This book's called Impact Body Plan. He said, no, it's not. It's called True Strength. I'm like, no, it's not. It's called Impact Body Plan. We got into what I said, nope, sorry. I didn't really know what true strength was about mm. until now. The book I'm writing is gonna be called True Strength. <sighs> Come on, bro. <laughs> is Come that on. me? No. Come on. It's 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 the big man up top saying twenty ten, you're at the top of your game with training and bringing guys to the Super Bowl and Drew gets MVP and Ladain MVP. Everything is good. Oh. <laughs> That ain't true strength. True strength is when you get broken. Broken and you keep going and fighting. And yeah, you may have some accolades and all these things in your career. Cool. True strength is battling not for six months or a year, but for three years you battle and you battle and you keep going. And all of a sudden you're like, how the heck did this all happen? And now as I look back, just like I look back when I was 25, I'm looking back and reflecting upon What's what's happening now, literally, as I record this and to, your, to answer your question, no. People don't know all of this. But I'm really excited diving into this process of writing this book that when it comes out in 2024, all of it wrapped around um, the whole principle of true strength. Whether you're at a high, a high, or a low, a lows, and you keep battling, you keep fighting. What is true strength? What is true strength? True strength is really... Holding on when you have nothing else to hold on to, but your faith. But your faith. God, I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. And that's all I held on to. Mm. And I didn't want to share all of it, the whole story of that, because it was deep. Mm. It was too deep to anyone to understand. So what I'm writing now is the whole process of the depths of despair. And how when you're in the depths of despair, how you keep going. 
and what you got to do to keep going because I do believe this. Some of the things, that the decisions I'm making today and some of the things that I'll be doing in 2024 and beyond, I'm going to look back in 25 years from now and be like, oh my God, really God? In 25, you you broke my back essentially to end my football career so I could work with athletes. And then at age 50, on the knot, I was 50. Yeah. 25 years later. 25 years later. You 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 did this to my back again. You bring back the back pain. And I was always working with people in back pain. It was people in back pain. From Vaughn Parker to all these guys and gals I started working with, it was always, many times it was, hey, I want to get my back healthy. Mike Chandler, UFC fighter, came in because he had back pain. Drew McCoy came with back pain. All these guys were coming with back pain. And now the people I'm reaching on the podcast and speaking to, a lot of times they have pain. Sometimes it's back pain. Sometimes it's just physical, mental, emotional pain. But it's pain not just, hey, can you take my game to the next level? Can you make me faster? Yeah, I can make you faster. I can make you better. But we're going to go way deeper than that. Mm. And that's going to take you to a, a 5, 10, 15-year career, whatever that is, if it's in sport. Or we're just going to make the whole 360-degree approach of everything. So I won't know exactly what that is like no one else will until you look back in five years or 25 years. But I can tell you this, as I said before you, J.D., it's interesting that it, we came together right now. I know. Is, um, it's interesting. I have so much trust in, in, in God and faith that um, I would have never, ever chosen the route of 2020, 21, and 22 of the physical pain I felt and the, and the path that brought me down. I could have never imagined even, quote, bringing anyone in as a partner or selling my business or any of that. Until God challenged me to say, I'm going to break you. And you're going to realize you got one thing. I'm going to break you. You got one thing. When you put your trust and faith in me and you believe that, buckle up because we're going to a place you haven't been yet. Come on. And and that's where I'm at right now. Wow. Is fortunately I had a guy like a Jeff Bristol to come in and really, (laughs) really not only help me, help our community and help our team and and take the Fitness Quest 10 legacy that I built for 23 years and throw a lot of octane on it because now my vision is so much bigger than what it's ever been in my entire life on a global basis of as we're hitting now in the last few months and going into 2024, I've always had a big vision. Right. I've always had people come into my life at the right time, but... Some of the stuff that I'm putting about to put Octane on in 24, including the book, which this is the first time I'm really sharing about the book, is uh, it's really, really big. And it's all because of the big man up top for several years working on me. I've always been a person of faith, yeah, but not like this. Not broken. I wanted to test it a little bit. Let's, a lot of it. Let's te- <laughs> yeah, it, a lot of it. <laughs> let's, let's test the faith. Yeah. And then fortunately, my wife told me what she told me that day in that car after I was told about that? your life will never be the Come same and, and, and you're going to go through this surgery and you're going to have to change everything that you're doing because sometimes when a doctor or physician or someone else sprinkles like your life is over in a lot of ways and then someone else says, oh, no, no, no. This is nothing more than, than a cathartic moment that is going to actually be pivotal in, in your future of what you're going to do and the mess you're going to share because there's going to be people who, and I get it now, when I shared 301 through 306, and I share on my own episodes, 301 through 306 of the Impact Show, I share some of this, is when you share this, all of a sudden people start hitting me up on DMs of like, dude, if you only knew, 
man, I've been going through hell and I've been suicidal. I can't tell you the DMs in my right. in my yeah. in my Instagram of how many people I don't even know yeah. are like TD, dude, you are speaking right to me. I don't even know these guys. Now JD and people like you know, like your podcast. There's a lot of people out there oh, yeah. who are going through what I am going oh, went yeah. through. Right. Right. And battling. And especially guys, man, like, oh, if they only knew. If they only knew. I know. <laughs> I know. I've been there. And what I'm about to hit the world with, I can't even I can't even tell you it was never even a thought in twenty nineteen when I was fried, burnt out. I don't know what I'm gonna do man should i just hang this up and move to montana into the project i'm involved with and just chill out now i'm like i'm on fire now i'm like wow let's go wow because of hell wow and and let me tell you something <laughs> if if you had come on this show uh, any other time a year, five, six months ago a year ago two years no no when i saw like this moment did you feel the moment was right? How did you, like what what was when I said hey? Because uh, I kept I kept following up, I yeah. kept following up, I kept I kept I kept dripping on you. Yeah, it's just divine timing. It's not. And you said all right, let, let's do it. I don't know. It's not. It's divine timing. It's not anything that's now the right time or not. It was just. It's it's divine timing. It's just. It's the right time. <sighs> it's the right time, and a lot of times you can't predict it because you do things and you don't know. It just it. This is the first time it actually worked to make it work and it just so happens that as we sit here and and talk here in December 2023 um that here we are and you know maybe it's because I've been working a lot I I do this thing the GSD planner my God's dreams planner and a strategic plan I've been working a lot on 2024 and my life it's a very calculated deep steps of your life and your year and how you how you really create and form your your decisions that you're going to focus on i've been focusing on that most of november and even now in december um it just so happened i, I just it's divine timing man <sighs> man dude mm. I, did you think we were going to get to this no. story no no i i had <laughs> it came from me bringing up jeff didn't yeah. it that led to it because i knew i wanted to yeah. get his name here because I'm, and when when you leave here, I'm going to forge you his podcast. Mm-hmm. I need you to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, listen. There's people who come into your life, and I've always known Jeff Bristol is a he's a, a special guy, a yeah. special man. Yeah. who's been through hell and back himself. Like everyone's got a story. My whole my whole saying is live a life worth telling a story about. What's your story? Live a life worth telling a story about. What's your story? It's part of my my brand. Everyone's got a story. Everybody. Everyone. Everybody. Everyone has a story. And as you heard from Jeff on the previous podcast, you know, when, when that ran and then even now, everyone's got a story. And you just got to make sure you don't hide behind the story. And you keep going. Keep going. You, you got you to keep going. And, and it's not like keep going for a month or six. I realized for me it was three years. It was 2020, 21, and 22. And it, it's this taken me. This just happened. Oh, yeah. And it's taken me all of 2023 to really process it all and kind of like, come out and get all the book stuff ready and, and, and the things that we're going to be doing in 2024 and beyond. But it was the three years of hell. It was 2020 and one and two were, it's three years, three years that's, of, that. You, 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 you know, on the outside world, man, TD's got it going on, yeah. all this success, all these groups. 
but I'm going to keep trading. I'm going to keep doing. I'm going to keep going, knowing even though you're battling, knowing that the best isn't even here yet. When I when we talked earlier on about, I feel like I'm just getting started. Yeah, JD, that's no joke. No joke. Like I, you can say what you want about the past 25 years and the body work and the training and the, all the athletes. In so many ways, I feel like, man, in 25 years when I look back, it's going to be the second 25 that's going to be legacy. That's going to be like, holy she's. It's not just fitness and it's not just like, you know, the gym. It's going to be way bigger than that. And that's a that's a God thing. For sure. It's a thing. Like in history, the men yeah. and women – they don't even hit their stride till the 50s. Yep. It's a thing. Yeah. I One of the guys I studied during this time was Winston Churchill. I started, I, I've been doing a lot of reading, and Winston Churchill, I did not know this, but Churchill, he didn't really do his deepest and best work until later in his life. He took off at about almost 10 years of his life in his garden doing work with his hands. Like I would do massage therapy or body work. And he did all this soul searching. And then when he was through all that, he came back and became this incredible leader for England in World War II. It was after almost a 10-year, I'll call it sabbatical. Yeah. In 2018 and 2019, I talked about doing a sabbatical. And <laughs> I never did it. Yeah. He took almost a 10-year sabbatical to really process life and everything he was going through. And he's a fascinating story. I never knew that. Never <sighs> knew it. I'm not right. saying take 10 years off, by the way. Right. No, but no, no, no. it's no. pretty amazing but when you look at iconic leaders. Yeah. You don't realize how late. Late and sometimes even long their off time is before you hit it. And once you hit it, momentum hits. Right. And it's like moment, the snowball. That's it. Up, there, up, up, up. And then as soon as it starts going yeah. down, it's like, whoa. Yeah. And I've always said, hey, listen, before age 50, you seek legitimacy. After age 50, you seek legacy. There's no Come specific uh, time. And I always said, even when I was in my 30s and 40s, you don't wait to seek legacy until you're 50 plus. Seek it now, regardless of how old you are. But that being said, 52 now, same yep. as you, is you just know that as you, as you start creeping up, you, you, uh, things matter even more. Don't wait to a certain age to seek legacy. You want to seek legitimacy in the beginning, of course, but start making those game-changing moves now. Don't like, oh, I'm only 40, or I'm only 30, or I'm only 50. Seek legacy now. And is legacy just about what you leave behind, or is it more? Is it a lot about what, what a legacy? Hit hit on it. Hit. We're going to land the plane. Well, it's, it's impact. <laughs> it's impact. I mean, legacy and impact to me is synonymous. It's when I talk about that acronym of live inspired, master craft, play at world class, take action, condition for greatness, and be tenacious. Legacy to me is uh, is the life that you live. And and when I said that the, the the saying live a life or telling a story about what's your story, legacy really is are you leaving this world a better place when you leave it? And what did you do? One of the reasons why when Hurricane Sandy hit in 2012, I started my Impact Foundation was that, hey, can we raise millions of dollars in my life to give back to kids, students, individuals, families in need and do that? Um, that's a legacy play. When I think about even Future Forward, this eventual book and some of the profits going or some of the profits going toward the foundation and having foundational things that we can gift out 100 percent of those things, those are legacy type plays. I think when you do your soul searching, and one of the things I, I do in the um, God Size Dreams Planner is when you think about your life and you think about how you want to be remembered, when you really start to think about 
the three to five things that you're most remembered for, what are they? And I call it your, your tombstone statement. On your tombstone, what's it going to say? And for me, you know, I look at my name. I, I got my tombstone statement already crafted out. It's Todd F. Durkin, Todd freaking Durkin. The freaking comes from the show Strong. He's got your birthday, your, your end date. Now I know when I'm going to die. I'll be 110 years old. It'll be 10-10, October 10th. I like 10s, 10-10, 2082. I'll be 110. So I already know my, when I'm going to die. And, um, and then it's what it says. What are those five words it's going to say? And for me, it's husband, father, coach, leader, impact man. Come on. That's my tombstone statement. Every decision I make now is husband, father, coach, leader, impact. Is it around one of those things? If I'm coaching someone to greatness and to be the best they can be, it's a coach, is it a leader, a leader in this culture we live in and in, this, in our communities and in this country and as impact, am I creating impact or not? If I'm going to do a book, if I'm going to do a coaching program, I'm going to do a keynote, I'm going to fly across the country. Am I going to impact that organization to really be on fire. I don't want you to go and do another 60-minute talk. Hire someone else to go do a 60-minute yeah. I want to like get in people's souls so that it changes the organization to do that. It's one of the reasons why in 24, you know, my, one of my, my big five is, is to do more keynotes to get in and make sure the organization, because I keep hearing, oh, my people are dead. There's like no yeah, life inside yeah. people. And okay, well, let's light them up on the inside and change that. So to me, you have legacy and impact go hand in hand. And so let's leave the, leave the viewers and listeners with one outgoing message here. If they're listening right now and they're, they know they've got something inside of them. Yep. More, they, go, they got something more, but they're, they're stuck. They just don't know what's the first step to take if they're going to make an impact. Like they know they were designed to make an impact. They know they've got something more in them. What, what, do, you, what do they do? What's the first step? Or do they have to faith? Does they give them a, give them a parting note here? Yeah. Somebody that's listening right now going, yeah, this is all great. You guys are awesome. You guys well, are motivated. It'd be easy for me to say this. Well, share it with somebody. Mm. Share it with me. Share it with JD. That's the easy answer. But I also know this. I didn't. I'd be hypocritical if I told you that. Yep. Because I didn't. Because I didn't want to burden anyone and I didn't want to be that. But know this. If you share it with someone like myself or JD, we've also been there and we understand it. There's not much as you get older you've been through. It's like, man, I've been through a lot of stuff. Um, so I get it. I understand it. Is that I would say this. It comes back to that that tile floor in Mexico. Mm. It was only one person that was my faith in God. I said, God, I pleaded like, God, man, listen, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. Whatever you want me to do. You want me to get surgery in Mexico? I'll do it. If you want me to, whatever you want. I would say, is this that one message is? <laughs> say a prayer of how do you get through this time? And listen, chapter nine of my Get Your Mind Right book, I, I, I talk about tap into the whispers. Don't listen to the shouts, listen to the whispers. What are the whispers saying to you? So early in the morning, late at night, the whispers, the whispers are God. The shouts are your ego. Mm. When things are shouting, it's ego. When they're whispering, it's God. Tap into the whispers, listen to the whispers of what is God telling you to do and if you're not of faith tap into the whispers if, if you if you if you're not where you want to be with your faith walk that's okay just go out for a walk get some gratitude in and just tap into the whispers and say god man, i don't i don't know you yet but man i, I need to make some changes in my life and and listen none of us are where we want to be yet and that's why it's called life is we're trying to constantly make strides in that and um i would just say that you pray about it 
and then you you get with someone like yourself, JD or myself, and you share that. And you, when you immerse yourself, and I'm a big believer in live events. I'm like, show up to the retreat. Show up to, especially now, show up to the event that, man, I don't know if I should do. Or you start building shoes. Like, show up to the live event and watch what happens. Yeah. Watch what yeah. happens when you're live with a group of people yep. who are in the same boat. Come on. And how it's magical, whether it be a church or a retreat or a live event that's around empowerment. And then it's like, oh, oh, oh it's juice that yeah. feeds your soul. And then when your your soul gets fed, that puts you on fire for really being enigmatic for the inside. And and to me, um, it's not just one thing, but it's it's knowing this is you're never alone. Mm. If you're fighting, if you're not fighting, you will be fighting or you have fought before in that. That that's this thing called life, and there's ups and there's downs. There's no doubt about that. But um I gotta tell you this, man. I I've been on a lot of podcasts. I've <laughs> I've never, I've never gotten as emotional as many times on one podcast as this one, JD. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm really honored, and I would just say this: is if you're listening in, and you've made it this far in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever done a, as long as one as well. So please let us know, let me know. I want to know that you made it this long in the yeah. podcast. It's also know that you're loved, man. Love, know that you're loved. Yeah. Is uh, I love seeing people out in town or. Well, I'm in the airport or something like that, and you can connect with someone that had seen the show, heard the show, read the book, and you got hope. Yeah, and you got hope that tomorrow, man, is a better, brighter day, and that you get lit up for the what's inside of you. Because all of us have things inside of us we got that it. aren't out yet, right? That need to come out. Yes. And like my father taught me back in back in the day, between ten and twenty, is don't wait. Time is precious. Mm-hmm. Don't wait because like that. You have a heart attack. Something happens um, between you know my pops, the young kid I coached who took his life, to the doublees who are no longer here, the coach Waltz who are no longer here. You get to a position next, you know, like wait a second. I guess it's my time to to be that mentor and that coach to other people. And it's like I got to step up. Just know that you're not alone, man. Just know that you're not alone. And when you talk about the real deal and making the difference and no excuses and all that stuff. That's the real. That's the real talk. Yep. So I thank you for having me on, um, for for making me so emotional today on so many levels. Uh, this was truly real talk, and I appreciate that. And hopefully, uh, your listeners got a lot out of it. If they didn't, then they then they don't have a pulse. <laughs> this was one heck of an emotional roller coaster, man, and I I mm. can't even begin to mm. express how grateful I am for you coming on, number one, how honored I am. But but Todd, um, God has sent, you are on a mission, mm-hmm. and God has sent you here for a reason, Todd. And I, I feel so grateful that you're in my life. I'm so freaking grateful that we have connected at this per- exact moment. Yeah. Yeah. God's got a plan here. Mm-hmm. I know it. The, as you're talking the whole time, I'm like, this is too much. Right, right, right. This is now, he and I are together. We're, we're very similar. And I didn't go through what I just, what you just went through, but I've gone through some freaking hell mm. in the last couple years. Yep. Yep. And we're still standing. That's it. And we've got plans. Mm. And God has a plan. That's it. And I'm just mm. telling you, bro, Todd, the world is a better place with you here. Thank you. Melanie, thank you for speaking <laughs> into Todd off that mm. ledge in the car when he came out and thought that was it. Melanie, 
Thankfully, she was in that car that day. Thankfully, <laughs> she was in that car because there are tens of millions of people that are now going to be directly affected by Mr. Todd Durkin as a as a as a result of that conversation that she had with you. I'm just telling you. And just all the just the 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 inspiration that you are giving people and the book that's coming out, man. Uh, this is just the beginning, bro. Todd, so thankful. Love you, bro. Thank you, brother. It's been an honor. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Impact and Mr. True Strength. Mm. There you go. True Strength. Yeah. TD Todd Durkin. Thank you, JD, man. Honored to be here. Love you, man. Real Deal Talk. That's a wrap. Let's go. Come on. Uh.